I'm recording, I'm recording. All right, Steve, start talking. Okay, I'm going to start talking about stuff like uh, Wonder Bread. You guys like Wonder Bread? Wonder Bread kicks okay. ass. Right? It's like way better than the store brand bread. Wonder Bread's amazing. Yeah, dude, it's, it's, it's just it's a lot fresher. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like you buy that Walmart bread. It's kind of like uh, stale. You might as well buy fucking croutons. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you got the the crust is like crackers. I mean, with Wonder Bread, it's like you're eating a pillow. It's yeah. fantastic. Right? Wait, did, did Wonder Bread come back? Wonder Bread never left, man. Yeah, where the fuck you been, man? I thought it was part of Hostess. <laughs> Holy shit, he might be right. I don't buy Wonder Bread. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, wait, I don't remember seeing that. I do the shopping, so I'm like, I don't remember seeing Wonder Bread at the store. <laughs> anyway, hey, I'm Brian, and welcome to Breadcast. This week yeah. on the show. <laughs> All right, I'm, I'm going to play it back real quick. Episode 32.1. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and It's a trap. Good and toss it, good and taste. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it. Let's embrace it. Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over counterculture. Push over pop culture. Leftovers. And with the uncool kids. What's to say has already been said. Leftovers. sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after uploading. I'm Brian. I'm Steve. And I'm Alil. And we're the Leftovers. All right. Hey, uh, guys, welcome back. Uh, We're recording again. We're recording on our usual night, which will be Sunday. So this episode should be up by Monday sometime. Uh, but we're going to have two episodes this week. We're going to have our new segment, and then we also have our review of The Hobbit, so definitely check that out uh, if you have seen The Hobbit. Uh, I'm sure we're going to have tons of spoilers in that episode. Now, in two weeks, I want to remind everybody, uh, we are going to be having our year-end awards show. So we're going to call it, are we calling it the Leftover Awards Year in Review? Are you putting down a notebook again? I hear noises again, Steve. I know it's you. Oh, I, I did write something, but I didn't set anything Stop. down. Stop. You can't write. You can't write oh, anything. Jesus. It's no, seriously, it sounds like we're like a twister. Like it sounds like a tornado or something coming through. So start writing again. Listen to this. Okay, let's see. Yeah, write something. Yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> I see the, cl- so, the cows so, flying across my window right now. So that's what I got to do to shut you guys the fuck up. I'm just going to start writing some shit. All right, I'll stop. I'll stop. No, that's what you'll do to, for people to stop listening to the podcast. That is loud. Just just writing. That's unreal. So I don't know what you're... God what, damn, these mics are good. What are you taking notes on? Brian sounds amazing tonight. He's really killing this monologue. Man, Brian's my hero. I think hero. of love. <laughs> I think a bromance is brewing. Boy, my writing is fucking loud. I should probably knock this shit off. Period. Exclamation, smiley face. <laughs> anyway, um, we're going to be doing our Leftover Awards Year in Review in about two weeks. Uh, we're going to give our best and worst awards to things like comic books, movies, TV shows. Uh, that's going to be in two weeks. That, that should be episode 34, I believe. Yeah, I can't wait. 
Steve, you writing that down, buddy? Yeah, I'm, I'm writing it down, but I'm sitting way far away from the mic. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I wanted to congratulate Anisha Jeffries uh, for winning last week's contest. It was a real small contest. The cartoon theme song uh, that we played in last week's intro was for the cartoon Rubik the Amazing Cube. It was based on a popular on the popular toy the Rubik's Cube. Uh, it was a cartoon that I remember from 1983. I remember watching it as a kid. Um, it was a weird, weird cartoon. It was about four kids. They discovered that their Rubik's Cube is alive and endowed with amazing powers. They become friends with the cube, and then they use its powers to help solve mysteries. Um, it was weird. It was basically a Rubik's Cube with blue legs and arms, and it had a cute little blue bald head coming out for a face. And I just wanted to uh, congratulate again Anisha Jeffries. Uh, we're going to be sending out your stickers in the mail tomorrow. Uh, those stickers are from artist Sean Hamilton of Create Inc. Studios, uh, who actually shot me a text message last week regarding our Wonder Woman casting, rea- Wonder Woman casting reaction. And uh, I wanted to read that text. Uh, was listening to the podcast, just a heads up, Gal Gadot was part of the Israel Defense Forces. LOL, I know you hate it, but she can fight. So, Alil, you mentioned this in a chat thread that we had too, right? Yeah, I, I had a buddy at work um, who who said the same thing. Like, after the show, came to my desk and he's like, he was just, he was just messing with me about it. He's like, you know, she, she she's a fighter. She fought for the... Uh, the Israeli army, they're supposed to spend two years in the army there when they, yeah, um, when they're from there. So, uh, you know, he was just joking with me about that, but, you know, I think we all agree that even though she did fight and she probably is a fighter, you know, if you see any of the, the photos of her online or, or what, she's still, she's still really small. Yeah, but I'm gonna go. I'm gonna even. I'm gonna go a little bit further. I looked more into it, and she actually served as the sports trainer for the Israel Defense Forces for two years. Um, and then she had a quote on IMDb.com uh, where she said, "There aren't enough good roles for strong women. I wish we had more female writers. Most of the female characters you see in films today are the poor, heartbroken girl." That's why I'm so proud of the Fast movies. I feel like Giselle is an empowering woman. Uh, she also wants to do all of her own stunts. She wants to become more of a stunt woman. Uh, and then I looked into it. She's 5'10", which is actually two inches taller than my first choice, Gina Carano. So I'm going to do something that I don't do very often, and I'm going to retract my toss-it of the casting. And for now, I'm going to give it a taste-it until I see a trailer with her in it or some footage with her in it. So... Uh, it's more, I guess it's more of a, uh, I'm going to freeze it or yeah, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm definitely not tossing this decision right now. I think I need to see more. So, um, I'm, I'm going to retract it. I don't do, I don't do that much. The, I don't retract much of anything, but I'm going to do it in this case. So I think it could be a good thing. So we'll see. We'll see. Uh, going off my first reaction, I'm going to keep it. I'm going to keep the toss it. I understand. I've, I see it. I've, I've seen all the, the naysayers. I've seen all the, the good reviews. You know, it, w- it was my gut reaction. I'm not going to change that. But, uh, I mean, you're right. I mean, maybe that trailer comes out and she's just blowing us away. And, and that's fine. And when that trailer comes out, I'll definitely change my reaction. But I, I still, even even after reading all that, even after talking with my buddy about it, I'm, I'm still not sold. I said taste it, and I'm going to keep with taste it. I mean, they didn't pick her for no reason. You got to give, you got to have a little bit of faith. You're a broken so. record when it comes to taste it, though, Steve. 
Mm. Not so much, not so much. I, th- I think he actually gave it a three out of five. Yes, that's right, that's right. Yeah. My star rating will come in will come into play. We'll see. Uh, let's see here. Uh, guys, um, let's just, are you guys ready to do uh, Good Pop, Bad Pop? Let's go for it. Yeah, let's do it. All right, next is our Good Pop, Bad Pop review segment where we talk about things we either watched or read that week that we liked or didn't like. It's time for more leftover reviews with Good Pop, Bad Pop. Uh, sometimes during Good Pop, Bad Pop or anything that we're talking about, we'll rate these things. And our rating system is fairly simple. The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party. All right, I, we didn't discuss who's going to go first this week. Who wants to go first? I can go first. I got a really short list this week. All right, Steve, what do you got? Um, okay, so for Good Pop, I started Batman Arkham Origins this week. And um, if, if anybody's played any of the other Batman Arkham games and you liked it, then you gotta, you're going to have to pick this one up. It's really good. And it's the storyline's really cool. It's all about like Batman when he's first starting out. You know, like one of the first interrogations you do, you go a little too far and knock a guy out. And he kind of reflects on that a little bit later when he interrogates someone and he doesn't take it that far. He's like, oh, that one went much better. You know, he doesn't tie up a criminal right away and he ends up getting away. And, you know, he makes a note of that. He's got to make sure that he uh, ties up all his loose ends before doing his detective thing. It's just a really, really cool game. Um, I got, you guys haven't played the Arkham games, right? No, I haven't. Okay. Actually, I watched... Uh, I, that's funny that you mentioned that. I was watching uh, the rest of the G4, you know, 100 top video games list uh that they had and uh what was the uh they were talking about the one that came out in 2011 it was batman arkham city yeah arkham city and i actually wrote that down as a game that i need to get um so that's something i'm going to be checking out here in the next few weeks i'm sure it's it's really cool it's made by a different company um than the Arkham City and Arkham Asylum games were made by. So um, it's kind of a new outing. I think they're made by WB Montreal now. But um, it's basically the same games. Uh, the, the, yeah, the controls are all the same. The basic menus and stuff are all the same. Okay, it's just a Steve, really cool you game. sound really garbled right now, buddy. We're going to hang up, and I'm going to call you back. It should fix itself, okay? Okay. <laughs> All right, we're back. Just had a little bit of tef- technical difficulties there, uh, as usual, which seems to be normal here on the show. But uh, we're back now. And, uh, Steve, you were just talking about Arkham uh, Origins, so uh, I don't know. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, if you only last, lost the last part of it, all, all I was really saying was that, you know, if, if you if you played the other two and you and you liked them, you'll really like this game, but it's good for anybody to pick up. Um, yeah, just just get it. It's a, it's a Tupperware for me. Um, Batman Arkham Origins. I'm playing on an Xbox 360. I imagine that the... Uh, PS3 version is also um, just as good. Like, so, what have you run? Ac- have you run across any uh, famous rogues, or is it basically? Oh yeah, so far I've already gone against uh, Killer Croc, Deathstroke, Penguin. I mean, it's everybody's in there. So, and and Black Mask is the main villain of this of this game. So, and I haven't really got to do too much with him yet. So, very cool. I have seen the cinema scenes from it. Oh yeah, that one reads like a little boy, and he goes through all the stages. That one was crazy. Yeah, and I, well, I, the one I saw actually was uh, Black Mask working. 
I don't know if he was working alongside Deadshot or against each or, or against Deadshot, but it was still a very cool scene. Well, in this in this game, basically Black Mask gives um, a bunch of assassins uh, one night to kill Batman and get a huge cash prize. So um, everybody's kind of coming out of the woodwork to look for Batman, and, and Deadshot is one of them. So okay, is this like do they do they reference the Suicide Squad at all with Deadshot? Um, I haven't really got to any Deadshot part of this, but okay. as far as so far, there's been no Suicide Squad mentioned. Okay. You guys, did you guys hear that David S. Goyer that they're they're going to be making like a Suicide Squad TV show? Might be kind of oh, really, yeah, yeah. Like uh, DC's making a bunch of these. Like uh, they're, they're kind of taking suit from uh, Marvel with the Netflix deal, and they're going to be making like these twenty to fifty million dollar uh, you know TV shows. I don't know where they're going to be if they're going to be like kind of like on Netflix or something like that. But uh, yeah. Suicide Squad is rumored to be one of them, which is pretty cool. Man. It's going to turn into like a full-time job just watching all these shows. No shit. I mean, really. It's going to get crazy. All right. Um, what else you got? Anyways, um, for my other good pop thing I got, um, I never saw The Wolverine in the theaters, but I did pick it up on Blu-ray this week, and I was able to check out The Wolverine. And have either of you guys seen The Wolverine? Yeah, I saw it in theaters, and I tossed it. You tossed I it? Saw the, I saw it in the theaters as well, and on, I did not toss it. Oh, you did not toss it? Uh-oh. No, I I loved it. Uh, well, I'm right. I'm going to be right there in the middle. I'd say taste it. Um, I, I thought that the uh, the action was good when it was happening, but it was gone. It was over with too fast, and uh, that was just a lot of boring shit in that movie. And then um, I don't know. I, th- I I don't really want to get too much into it to review that movie, but um, I mean it's kind of old, so I'm sure anybody that wanted to see it has already seen it. But I saw it, and I'm going to give it a taste. It. I thought it was all right. And then um, moving right along, as far as my bad pop goes, I didn't watch Almost Human this week, so I don't have a bad pop for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Elil, you're next. <laughs> All right. Um, Eat it. Good pop. Um, I'm going to go over some, some movie trailers. I didn't really watch many shows this week or, or play any video games, but there was a trailer I saw called The Lone Survivor. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen this trailer yet. No, I haven't. Mark Wahlberg, it's, right? Um, what? Mark Wahlberg? Oh, yeah. is that yeah. the Mark Wahlberg one? Yeah, I have seen that. I just didn't recognize the title. Yeah, it's called The uh, Lone Survivor. Mark Wahlberg's uh, in it. Um, and it's, uh, I'll just give you a little thing on it. It says, based on the failed June 28, 2005 mission, Operation Red Wings, where four members of the SEAL Team 10 were uh, taken... Uh, we're tasked with a mission to capture and, and kill notorious uh, Taliban leader Ahmad Shahad. Um, and I saw like a kind of like a making of a little bit of featurette with it, where they actually talked to the lone survivor, uh, and he was talking about you know the the team and everything that they went through. And it just seems like a really interesting movie. I'm not a big I'm not a big war movie. You know, I, I watch a lot of them, but. You know, I, it, it's not really a, a movie I'll, I'd run to the theaters to see. But when I saw this trailer, I just was seeing like the making of, and you know, them talking to the to the actual lone survivor, and then the cast that they have here. I mean, the main four um, that were in the mission uh, could be Mark Wahlberg, uh, Taylor Kitsch, Emil Hirsch, and Ben Foster. Uh, and then I think Eric Bana is, I think the you know their 
their captain or leader, um, or you know, I'm not sure um, his involvement. But I, I just thought that it was casted well, and it just seemed like it was uh, pretty intense. And I, yeah. I, I thought that was something uh, something worth seeing. I thought the trailer really uh, really got me to actually want to see it. So I'm gonna I'm gonna definitely give it a taste. It. Yeah, I, I saw that trailer. I forget what movie I went to go see. I, I think it might have been Dallas Buyers Club when I went to see that. They showed it before that movie. And, uh, yeah, it actually did look good. I was like, at the beginning, I was thinking, oh my god, this, it's got Mark Wahlberg in it. It's a war movie. Is this gonna be like Nicolas Cage and Wind Talkers by John Woo? Cause that movie sucked. And it was nothing like that. It, 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 it looks like they are gonna try to handle this as, you know, based on the true story. Even though, you know, Wind Talkers was based on a true story, but it still played out like a John Woo movie. Yeah, yeah, that, that's what. Yeah, that's what the trailer seemed. It seemed really realistic, and that's what I. That's what I liked about it because it, you know, it, I mean, we're not we're not there. You know, we don't we're not seeing what these people are going through, and I, and I you know, there's that little sip, snippet of what they're trying to do um, with somebody that they captured. You know, let them go, what to do with them, um, and you know, when they let them go, what they're going to have to do. And I, I just really thought that just that dialogue. You know them together. Just seeing that it was was really interesting, and it made me want to go see it. And then uh, them talking to the actual um, person, the actual SEAL member who survived, and him basically saying that, you know, how they all work together and everything, and basically like his mission in life now is to tell this story. And I just really, really, really got engaged with it. So very cool. All right, what else you got for us, man? Um, another good pop. Um, uh, Marvel's Agents of Shield had their mid-season finale, and I know we haven't talked about it over the last uh, few weeks on the show, so I wanted to throw that. In. Um, I liking the show a lot, um, but this last week I think it really, really took a turn. Um, uh, there's a lot of different things coming out. I think next um, when it comes back, I think it's January seventh. Uh, we'll learn more about Colson, and they're they're getting more into the main bad of the of the show hopefully uh you know the series with the centipede so i thought that that was a good I'm, I'm still giving it a taste it um you know for most people for marvel fans i think it's a tupperware uh i love it i love the universe that they're building i love colson i still need to get a little bit more from from the other people involved but i, I think it's uh i think i think they're going in the right direction they, they had a they stumbled a little bit here trying to coming out of the gate they didn't come out as as strong as most people had wanted but i think it's i think it's picking up at the right time i think they picked up really after uh after that thor uh kind of crossover uh where they had the asgardian on the show and i i, I really enjoyed it that's good that's uh encouraging because i watched uh the first two episodes and uh it's one of those shows where like i feel i like start thinking about other things or i get on like you know facebook or i just start wanting to do other things or i pause it and come back to it it just it's not really engaging to me these first two episodes so i haven't gotten back to it since those first two and i need to sit down and just kind of like knock these episodes out but there's so many other things that i'd rather be watching it's like okay i could watch this or i could watch you know uh, almost human, or I could watch uh, the Tomorrow People, which I'm really enjoying, or I could I, wa- I could watch another episode of Doctor Who. It's just not the to- at the top of my DVR list right now. And, and I think that I think it's going to have a problem with a lot of people like that. I mean, it is it, it's different from Almost Human, and I think I think Disney and 
you know, being on ABC and it kind of seems to still want to try to bring in a little bit of a younger audience. I, I see that. Um, it, that'll be a problem for it unless they can, unless they take it to that next level, which it seemed like this episode was. They brought back the, um, the guy who had the centipede, uh, from the first one that they, uh, that they kind of, well, not captured to try to help. They brought him back to be a part of the mission. Um, and, and it ended on a good cliffhanger. So, you know, hopefully they keep up with this momentum. If they don't, you know, I can see, I can see this, this kind of tarnishing, you know, what it, what it could have been and kind of putting a little bit of a damper on, on future Marvel properties like this. Like if they went with Agent Carter, um, if they did anything else for TV, not the Netflix series, I think I'm hoping those will be different, uh, because they won't have to, abide by you know the studio and different things but it i I think it's going the right in are you guys there i'm here okay in in comic books this is like the equivalent to a tie-in and i usually don't like most tie-ins because they're not really 100 percent necessary to the the event story the event being like the major cinematic movies like, you know, Captain America, Thor, Iron Man, the Avengers. They're just kind of like side stories that um, they throw the, you know, the banner for the event at the top of the issue. And so you buy it hoping that it's going to actually tie in and have a lot to do with the bigger picture when it really is just, it doesn't. And it really doesn't tie in a whole lot and so you feel like you just wasted three or four dollars on that comic book hoping to get more out of it and you just don't that's what marvel's agents of shield is for me at this moment so hopefully it's not a tie-in issue uh as i keep going i'm gonna take your word a little i'm gonna start watching it again um i, I can see where you're going with that because but the thing is is i think no matter what for most people it will feel like that because we're not going to get Captain America. We're not going to get these guys in this in this series. No, it's, um, I want these. I want these background things that Shield's doing to tie into the movies because Shield is a major part of those movies. Shield has yeah. been involved in every one of those movies except for maybe the Incredible Hulk. I don't remember them. Well, at the end of it, no, yes. they, they were there. Uh, yeah. yeah, they had. They were there when they were. I think when they were looking up for Banner. I know they uh-huh. they had the Shield computer system oh and i actually think the only one that they really weren't involved in was uh uh thor 2 right thor 2 it's the dark world they weren't they weren't mentioned at all weren't they they were mentioned when uh kat dennings uh when she was darcy she said something like she had been trying to call everybody she even tried to call shield and nobody answered or something okay. that's the only time i remember them drop line yeah, yeah. I, I think that that might have been the the only time that i that I could not even feel like their presence at all. But, right, right. Okay. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you, but I, I think for a lot of people, it probably still will come off as that because I think they're trying to build off their own separate little branch. But I, I'm really curious to see what they do with Colson. I, I don't think he's a life model decoy like a lot of people are still predicting, just because of how the move, how the uh, the finale ended. But I mean, I, I think that's going to be the big tie-in to see how this goes for uh, goes further. I mean, because they've brought in. You know, talk of the Tesseract. They brought in talk of uh, Extremis. Yeah. Um, they've, they've talked with um, 
I forgot the the character's name who was the Asgardian, you know, with uh, with powers, um, you know, from from Thor and from Asgard. So I mean, they're 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 trying. Um, I I love the universe enough that I'm I'm going to keep I'm going to stick with it until they completely go off the rails. Uh, but I think that they're I I see them going the right direction. No, that's that's good, and that's that's what I want to hear. I, I I want this show to succeed. It's not like I'm sitting here saying, "Man, I hope this fails." Um, I just have it. Just hasn't grabbed me yet. Um, so no, that's good. That's good, and I I hope this show does uh, pick up steam. And but hey, you know how you mentioned we mentioned I, I mentioned real quick the Incredible Hulk. Um, and we talked about the rhino suit last week. Are, are, are you ready Whoa. for the only podcast? Shit, sorry about that. <laughs> I hit the wrong I, button. I, 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 can, I, can, I can hear something when you push buttons like that. It's really loud. Oh, whatever. Go write something. <laughs> um, but no, I was opening up the sound. When I reset my computer, I had the soundboard uh, shut off. So I reopened the soundboard. When I reopened it, I hit the wrong button. Um but I was saying earlier how, uh, you know, I just mentioned like the Incredible Hulk and, uh, how they made the Abomination look, Abomination look, the, uh, villain in that film, um, that Tim Roth turned into. Why couldn't they have, like, with the rhino suit, why couldn't they have made the rhino look something like that? Do you guys, do you see, see what I'm saying? Well, no, I, see, I agree with that. I mean, or even, or even like the goblin. Why, if they're going the ultimate universe where it's a transformation, right? Why couldn't he be bigger, more CG? I mean, the the toy line, and of course, I'm going to go back to the toy line. The toy line that's coming out for the movie that Hasbro's doing with the six inch figures. Uh huh. The build a figure for that is the goblin from the Ultimate Universe, and I mean, he's hulked out. He's you know, abomination type. He's got. I just you know, if they're going to go that way, go that way. Don't don't half-ass it, and I agree with you. Same same thing with the rhino. I mean, you can yeah. go with the CGI rhino. Um, I think it's just because they got Paul Giamatti, and he wanted to be the rhino because the rhino was his favorite villain growing up. I think like as soon as he's like, he mentioned in an interview that the rhino was his favorite character growing up, and so they they called him or whatever, and he got the part. And I think that's the only reason they're doing this. I think if it would have just been anybody else playing the rhino, they would have thrown him in some kind of like. Uh, hybrid suit where he you know is i don't know just looked like a gigantic like abomination meets the rhino yeah but see like if i agree with that but they could have used his face for the cg i mean if you look at the like that rhino po- uh, picture you posted from the the early spider-man comics yeah. i mean his face is in that suit i sure. mean you see his face in the cartoons you know his face was sticking out of the suit they could yeah. have done something and had yeah. giamatti do the work where you can still see that it's Paul Giamatti. I mean, I think this way, I think this way, it, it just makes no sense. I mean, again, we'll get we'll get back into the trailer because I think two of us saw it in 3D, and uh, but I, I agree with you there. I mean, I, they should they they probably should have gone the way of the Abomination, but maybe they were afraid because I know when when the Incredible Hulk came out, a lot of people had a problem with with the Abomination. I didn't, but a lot of people may have. I. I... Um, all right, we're getting uh, we're getting off the rails here. But um, what, did you have any anything else for good pop, bad pop? Uh, yeah, just uh, two more things. One real quick one. Um, fuck you, Steve. Almost human was great. They had a great Ken uh, Ken jo- Ken Dal joke. <laughs> That's about it. Fuck that show, <laughs> dude. Uh, it was. But, uh, I, I I really enjoyed that last episode quite a bit. 
I, I did too, and I, I was I was dying the whole the whole time in the beginning scene where you saw basically the robots naked, and then uh, oh god, yes, then Kenex Kenex asked Dorian if he was like that, and basically he whipped it out for him. <laughs> yes, what does he do with it? I I was dying. I just thought that that was uh, that was very clever and funny. I, I I enjoyed that too. I was laughing. I mean. That's the things that kind of pull me into that show. That's, I think, what's missing in the Marvel Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. show is the moments like that. I'm just like, I don't know. I, I don't really care for, like, Coulson being all slapstick funny. I like him when he's... I don't when he's more serious. Yeah, yeah when he's you know, more serious. Like, uh, yeah, I agree. Uh, but, okay, okay, enough about we're, Agents we're of S.H.I.E.L.D. We're getting off. Yeah, all right, yeah. that, that was just a real quick good pop, just a, yeah. just a little uh, no jet Steve there. Still love you, guy. But uh, my only bad pop was another movie trailer I saw, which I've seen multiple times now, and I just can't get over why this movie was made, and that's Ronin 47. I don't care if everybody out there is going to hate me for this, but I'm sick of seeing Keanu Reeves as a ninja. Um, I just think the CGI looked terrible. What? I, I'm telling you, I just, I just saw it twice in 3D, and I just, I just couldn't, you know... I, it was hurting my eyes how, how to me how bad it looked. Uh, and, I couldn't uh, disagree with you more, man. I think that movie looks pretty sweet. I think it's going to be fun. Hey, you know what? I, I I hope I'm wrong, but I'm telling you right now, I just I just don't see it. I don't I, I didn't I don't see the reason for it. I love movies like that. You know, some of my favorite martial arts movies are with Jet Li, Jackie Chan, the old Bruce Lee. I love those. I had I own a lot of them. I watched them multiple times. I just don't see it. It reminds me of like I'm gonna watch Tom Cruise again in that that last Samurai movie where I just just didn't care for it. And uh, again, Reeves as a ninja again, I, I don't understand why. Yeah, I'm not a big huge Keanu Reeves advocate, but but that movie does look fun. I, I thought the all the monsters and the the creatures and stuff looked really cool. I don't know. I I'm not saying that I'm gonna run out and see it, you know, opening weekend, but you know, it definitely yeah. looks like. And, and maybe it was just the 3D conversion that looked bad to me. I don't know. But well, I'm telling you, I, I don't know, Brian, if you got to see it in the 3D. No, no. Oh, uh, the 3D? Yeah, I've seen it in 3D. They didn't show it in uh, the IMAX 3D that I went and saw for uh, The Hobbit. But, you know, I've seen the trailer. Um, I, I I think I, I like the story. I like the story of the underdog, you know, the 47 Ronin warriors, uh, you know, going up against a huge army. I always like an underdog story. Well, yeah, but we 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 had that three hundred. I mean, we we sure. I, I agree with you. Well, I, mean, it's, I do you, like that where you see. Well, them you over. had it in the Bad News Bears too, Alil. But yeah. I'm just saying that that story works on many levels, and and <laughs> it, depending on you know the character development, it, it can work in multiple different in, di- in different mediums and in different stories, and it can work here too. Um, but what I'm saying is like, I, I the, my problem with it is that the special effects do not look. Up to par, um, exactly. I mean, that was my big point. I mean, as much as Keanu Reeves, and again, I don't, I don't hate him. I mean, I, The Matrix is a great movie, and he was good in it. I mean, he was great for what they needed in that movie, and I had no problem with Keanu. But again, the CGI when I was watching him in a lot of those scenes, I, I, I don't know if it wasn't done. I don't know how it couldn't be done because I think the movie's coming out soon. It's coming out it Christmas just, Day. Yeah, it just didn't look good. Well, okay, I think we are spoiled that if the movie, the special effects team is not ILM, 
we just don't like it. I mean, honestly, I can look at like the Underworld movies and a lot of people like them, but I don't like the special effects in the Underworld films. Just like I don't like the look of the special effects in the I Frankenstein movie, which I like I love Aaron Eckhart, but the whole reason I do not like the look of that movie is the special effects. They just they look like they were done in 2005. And the special effects in movies like uh what was that one with the uh the angels? Oh, uh, was that Legion? Legion, yeah. It just they look like special effects from like ten years ago, and I mean, honestly, if the special effects weren't done by ILM, I think I'm kind of spoiled. They just don't look up to par. It looks like something that you could do on your home computer, like or like on an iPhone app. It just some of it just isn't up to par, and I think that's the problem that I had with the 47 Ronin trailer. It's not the story itself that I've seen it before and that they're, like, stealing from everybody else. Everybody steals from everybody, and 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 nothing is new. Nothing is original anymore. But it's the fact that, like, that dragon, that mystical dragon that's flying around just kind of looked really fake. And some of the other things just didn't... The special effects just did not look real or grounded. They looked like it was all green screen magic. Yeah, I agree. And that's that's what I'm, and I agree with you. I mean, you're right. ILM is one of the best. You know, that's you know that's what we get. But they don't, but they don't do everything. I mean, oh, I know, I know, I know. And I'm not saying they do, but I, I am saying that when you watch an ILM movie and then you and watch an ILM movie and then go and watch something not done by ILM, and there is a huge difference. It's like watching a, I don't know, a Hanna Barbera Hanna Barbera movie. And then watching a Pixar movie, it's there's yeah. there's leaps and bounds, and I'm not saying it's that way with every production company, but ILM is a step above most most of them out there when it comes to their special effects. Yeah, and, and, that, and that's 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 my reason for tossing. I mean, it could be a great story, and I'm, I'm pretty sure it, it will be because again, like we were saying, I do love those underdog stories. Um, I just it's just the special effects, you know, like you said, I was watching that dragon and. Yeah. I got to see this before I saw The Hobbit, and then I got to see Smog, and I'm yeah. just like, okay. Special effects you know. is something that can take you out of a film. It can. But I think it all, de- it all depends on what kind of movie it is. Like, if, if the special effects in 47 Ronin match the tone and the style of the movie, I think that it'll, it'll be fine. Like, it, it looks like, it, you're right, it is a lot of fake backgrounds and a lot of fake creatures, but maybe that's, like, the style they're going for. That's what 300 did, and everything looks really good in that, so... I don't know. I, I thought it looked all right. I mean, the 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 big white dragon looked a little phony, but I don't know. You, you it's can't, better than you can't really compare the visuals between Forty Seven Ronin and Three Hundred. It's like, it's like uh, honestly, it's like Three Hundred was a, it was an art piece, man. It really was. I mean, it was like, I don't know. I don't know how to, how to explain Three Hundred. The way it looked, it was like yeah, a, it was it was doing its own thing, but it was almost like I, a, a, an art painting come to life. 47 yeah. Ronin is, is, is stylistically, it's not even comparable. No, but it's, but it's not trying to be like this serious, uh, period piece. You know what I mean? It's just like a, it's a fantasy samurai sword action movie. I know, but you're incorporating special effects and yeah, I'm going to judge them when I see them. Uh, that, that's all I'm eh, doing. To each his own. I think it looks cool. No, I'm not saying no. I hope it is good. I, 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 I'm, I'm probably, guys. I'm probably going to go see this on Christmas Day. To be honest with you, I am looking forward to this film. Um, I am an advocate for this film. I, I want to see it. I want it to do well. 
Yeah, wasn't but, it like a counter? He was like passion project. Didn't he try for years to get this thing going? Sure, and he's also trying to get Bill and Ted three made too, and that's not happening though. <laughs> I'm serious. He his. The, the, I still want to see that. Too. I do too. But like the latest word on that is like he's saying that the special effects budget for that movie is like out of this world, and and people are scared to touch it. Uh, you know, the script is done. Him and Alex Winter and uh, the other writers have finished the script. It's ready to go. But uh, anyway, we're getting, now we're talking about Bill and Ted 3. Yeah, yeah we're, we're off, the off the rails. Totally off the rails. That's what this show is all about these days. I love it, though. Um, let's see here. Do you guys want me to go into mine? Yeah, go ahead. All right. Archie Comics has donated. This is good, Pop. Archie Comics has donated over $1 million worth of children's books to the Toys for Tots program. That's um, awesome. I know. I think it's great. Archie Comics CEO G, uh, John Goldwater said, We couldn't think of a worthier or better charity to donate our books to than Toys for Tots. We are extremely proud to encourage children to discover reading who may not have had the opportunity and hopefully enrich their lives through our characters. Uh, now, the publisher is calling on fans to join in with donations with Archie's Give a Book program, asking its readers to donate books to the charity. Um, they've created a special story called Holiday Heroes, and it features Archie, Betty, Veronica, and they're all helping the Toys for Tots Foundation. Now, the story is going to be featured in Archie Double Digest number 246, so you can pick that up. Uh, or you can also visit www.toysfortots.org for more information on how you can help if this is something you, you know, you're wanting to actually contribute to. Um, I think it's a great cause, and I know Alil, you're you're a big advocate when it comes to uh, the Toys for Tots program. Yeah, I know I am. I actually just uh, I was the main uh, contact for them with our office at where I work, and uh, I've I've always been a big uh, a big supporter of them, and I, I think this is a, this is outstanding. I, this is the first I've heard of it, so that and this is outstanding. I, I have to definitely check that out and see uh, what else I can do to help. I that's the one thing that you know you know breaks my heart is you know hearing you know when when children and I understand there's there's more important things but I think especially during the holidays just keeping the spirits alive and, and giving that kid that one little thing it could be anything it could be such such a small little token that it could it could change that kid's life and this is important it is important you know, a little it is, I mean it is, you're, so. you're 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 putting a smile on a child's face man I mean seriously like I'll be honest with you, like, I grew up and I got a lot of the toys that I wanted, and maybe I didn't appreciate them as much, um, you know, back then, and uh, I wish uh, I wish I could go back and, like, donate some of the toys that I got when I was a kid and give them to somebody who would appreciate them more. Um, yeah, there are people less fortunate that, that, that can't, you know, they've come into bad times or kids that don't have families or whatever, and, like, you know giving them this gift could make a huge difference in their childhood yeah I, I i definitely agree i mean it's it's a huge thing it's a, it's a great program um you know a lot of the a lot of the donation centers i mean you, you can find them anywhere just go on their website if you guys are interested i know a lot of them have probably closed up for the year or you know they'll be taking donations for next year but i i think that the, the big thing is is to not you don't have to wait to the holidays to donate um, they're doing stuff like this all the time. They're doing drives, and I, 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 I'm, I'm really impressed that they did, that they did that. And you know, this is their focus. I'm, 
I'm definitely going to, you know, whatever, if I have to pick up a book or 10, I'm, I'm definitely going to go do that. Yeah, maybe if somebody would have donated to a, a Dinobot to Steve, he wouldn't have grown up to be such an asshole and hate almost human. Yeah, probably. That, that, that would have done it. That would have done it. Could have made a huge difference. Now he's just bitter and jaded at everything. And so he hates... He hates one of the best shows on TV because somebody didn't give him a, uh, you know, a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle, you know? Maybe, maybe a little Leonardo would have helped him out in this situation. Just saying. Yeah. Steve, Steve, I'm going to mail you and help, Get out there and help a young Steve, okay? Get out there and stop <laughs> one more asshole from coming into this world, okay? <laughs> uh, see, now you just made me feel bad. <laughs> you agreed with me, and now I feel bad. Um, but yeah, I think it's a great cause. Again, go to www.toysfortots.org if you want to donate. So it's fantastic. Um, Bad Pop. I watched. It's a show called The Birthday Boys. Have you guys heard of this? It's on IFC. No. No. Uh, Fridays uh, on IFC at ten thirty, nine thirty Central. It's a uh, sketch comedy show, and I, you know, I like some sketch comedy. I grew up watching Kids in the Hall and and uh, you know Saturday Night Live and. Uh, and then even lately, uh, shows like The Whitest Kids You Know. But I was watching this, and it was really juvenile and stupid and not funny. And Bob Odenkirk is involved in this somehow. Like he, I think he discovered these guys. Um, I just was not laughing. I was not entertained. And I actually turned it off after about 20 minutes. I couldn't finish the episode. Um, the Whitest Kids You Know is far superior than this. And... Uh, I don't know. I, I just really did not enjoy this show at all. It's on IFC. Yeah, it's on IFC. It's uh, it's sketch comedy. It's uh, yeah, they're called the Birthday Boys, and it's just a group that get on there. And I mean, it was just kind of uh, cookie cutter comedy, really. Like you could see where everything was going. Like they had one funny idea, and they just drew it out and drew it out and kept it going. And it just was not funny. This courtroom sketch that I watched was awful, and there's I don't know it was just really bad, really bad. Well, I've never heard of it, so I'll just make sure to keep not looking for that. And I just couldn't believe that Bob Odenkirk was attached to this thing because I mean I loved him in Mr. Show; he was hilarious. And I mean he discovered Tim and Eric, and I'm a huge fan of those guys. And it was just like this was just just juvenile and just awful. I don't know. Yeah, I'm with Steve. I'm just going to pass. Yeah, pass. Right. Toss it. Uh, this week I finally downloaded my first Adult Swim iPhone game. Uh, I don't know if you guys ever play any games. Oh, uh, really? Like like the Surgeon one, and then there's like a Robot Unicorn? Yes, I'm going to talk about That's the one I'm going to talk about. <laughs> robot Unicorn Attack 2. The game is awesome. Dude, it's exactly as the title suggests. You're a robot unicorn with a badass flowing rainbow mane. I love <laughs> No, uh, playing the game, you gallop, jump, and stride, and it, it's it's a fucking beautiful game. If, is it the same song as the first game? I don't know. Okay, hold on, hold on. I'm gonna hold on because yeah, that song. <laughs> holy shit, that song. <laughs> I, I can so hear. Good. I can hear it right now. I'm not kidding you. If Rainbow Bright had a robot horse, this horse would be her kick-ass steed. I'm not kidding you. Like when Bon Jovi kicks the bucket, I can see him flying off to heaven riding one of these fuckers. <laughs> on a steel horse he rides, bam, he's on his way. This game is a fun waste of time. If, you, if you're sitting in the doctor's office or you're waiting in an airport, download this game. It is so much fun. You run, you jump, you break through crystals, you collect fairies and get points, 
and the music is absolutely amazing. Um, here we here. <laughs> I lo- is this the music you were talking about? No, no, that's not the right. This that's is not the song that I was talking about. This is the music from the second one. All I want is to find a real robot unicorn to fly on and play this music. I mean, it, I would feel like fucking Atreyu writing Falcor in Neverending Story. I would just fly all over my town, fly over the bullies and scare them. <laughs> writing, you just drop Neverending Story. Writing, <laughs> I know, writing my robot unicorn to this badass song. I'm going to play this song for the rest of the podcast. beautiful <laughs> I love it <laughs> uh, yeah but I, like one of those, I, like, I found the I found the song for the first game drop it drop it on us During the gameplay? <laughs> that's during... That's, that's, that's during gameplay? Yeah, yeah. Oh, hold on a second. That's an actual song, though. Okay, okay, okay. That's a, that's an that's an actual song though. Yeah, but that's awesome because you're doing the same stuff you're doing in this game. You're just running around doing your unicorn jumping and crashing, but that song's just playing on a loop in the background and it's great. I'm I'm gonna go pull out my Nightmare on Elm Street three soundtrack and play the do the Freddy for you guys now. <laughs> but definitely check it out. It's called Robot Unicorn Attack Two. Had a lot of fun with that one. Um, let's see here. Uh, two years ago at Comic-Con, um, if you remember, we saw a trailer. It was, there was a trailer for this awesome comedy fantasy movie. It starred, uh, Ryan Quantin, Peter Dinklage, Summer Glau, and Steve Zahn. It was called Knights of Badassdom. Do you guys remember this at all? I, I remember. Yeah, I remember hearing about it. Yeah, do you remember it ever coming out? No. 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 Uh, basically, Knights of Badassdom. Uh, it's a, basically it's a live action role playing movie uh, starring uh, you know the the guys that I talked about: Ryan Quantin, Peter Dinklage, Summer Glau, Steve Zahn. They played LARPers. Uh, they conjure up a demon from hell by mistake while they're LARPing, and then they actually have to battle the forces of hell. Um, Throughout the trailer, it, it just looked hilarious. Um, but unfortunately, this got caught up in post-production hell. Um, I think it was held up in legal battles or, or studio lawsuits, things like that. It was a mess, and this is why we haven't seen the movie in almost three years. Uh, but Dread Central reports that finally we'll be able to watch this movie on video on demand on Febu- February 11th, 2014. 
Now, unfortunately, it is going to be the producer's cut and not the film's director, Joe Lynch's cut. But I'm just thrilled to death because I've been waiting for this movie. We're at least going to be able to see this movie in some form. Uh, you can watch the trailer for this one online. It looks hilarious. Remember, it's called Knights of Badassdom. So that is going to be coming out video on demand February 11th. I can't wait. I will be watching that, and I will be reviewing it on the show for sure. Nice, nice. That's something to look forward to for sure. That looked uh, good. Yeah, it does. I mean, it, it's like, I don't know, like, I love movies like that. Like, uh, uh, Dale and Tucker versus Evil with Tyler Labine was hilarious. Yeah, that, was a, that movie was really good. Yeah, and this just kind of reminds me of something along those lines. I also wanted to talk about a uh, show I've been wanting to discuss for quite a while. I keep forgetting to bring it up. It's on the channel Reels. It's called Fan Addicts. Um, if you have Dish Network, it's channel 299. The show is hosted by Adam West. It focuses on one or two characters or a series in pop culture and then the fans that are obsessed with them uh, and then their collection of memorabilia from them. Uh, they had a show about Harry Potter. Uh, there was a Harry Potter fanatic, the, a Superman fanatic. Um, that w- He actually worked on Hollywood Boulevard and took pictures with people as Superman. Uh, he once even helped push a guy's car to the nearest gas station after it ran out of gas, just like a superhero would. Um, huh. he was, yeah, yeah, I think, I think I've seen like that. Yeah. Hey, guys, let's uh, say that at the same time so it sounds really <laughs> weird. <laughs> so they had a documentary like that, uh, Confessions of a Superhero. I believe it's streaming on Netflix. Um where they went through, and it was, I think it was the guy who, who plays Superman, um, on, uh, I think it's on Hollywood Boulevard. Um, and it was, uh, it was quite interesting. Yeah. A little, little scary, a little interesting. Right, right. I mean, this guy was really obsessed to the point where, like, he was married and mm-hmm. he would spend so much money on Superman memorabilia that it, it, like, it hurt his financial situation. His wife gave him, him an ultimatum. You know, it's either me or the collection, and he ended up choosing the collection and got a divorce. Wow. Uh, there was a Star Wars fan. He had screen-used props as well as actual models that were used in the movie. He had a film-used Death Star model in his foyer, and then he had a screen-used Stormtrooper helmet. He had Jabba the Hutt's tail, and he was oh. able to, like, hold down, like, press, like, uh, move a lever back and forth, and the tail would move. Um, he had a Yoda dummy. Hey, stop, stop picking on me. What? You guys are picking on me. I mean, that, that, that's me, right? That they're talking about? <laughs> I was like, some of my collection. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah. You do have quite the collection from what I hear. Um, they're, they've had a lot of different shows, though, this Fanatics. They had uh, a Wizard of Oz one, a Jaws show, a Universal Monster show, Star Trek, Wonder Woman, Scooby-Doo. It's really fun to watch. Um, in each episode, they, they send an appraiser in there to appraise some of the more valuable pieces that they own. Some of the pieces uh, that they think might be valuable actually aren't worth anything. And then some of them are actually worth a ton of money. Uh, it's a lot of fun to watch. I give this one a Tupperware. It's it's really cool show. So definitely check it out. It's called. Uh, it's not. It's Fan Addicts. A D D I C T S. Fan Addicts. What station is that on again? It's on Reels. Okay. Uh, I know it's it's channel two ninety nine. If you have Dish Network. Um. And then the last things. Last thing I wanted to talk about real quick. I wanted to talk about a couple of comic books that I think people need to check out. Both books are from Image Comics. 
and both have only been out for a little bit. The first book, it's called Sex Criminals, and it's by one of my favorite writers out there in comic books right now, Matt Fraction, who's also writing, writing uh, Hawkeye right now. Uh, the basic story of this comic book is that there are two characters, Susie and John, and they both have this power, I guess you should say, that when either of them orgasm, they can freeze time. <laughs> and I know, I, I know it sounds fucking ridiculous, but the way he writes this book is amazing. It sounds crazy, it, but it, it's it's of course it's going to be filled with you know sex jokes and things like that, but they start to use this power to rob banks, so it's almost like a uh, sexual Bonnie and Clyde. Um, it's it's a Tupperware for me. It, it you know check this out like there <laughs> I don't know I can't explain it. I think they're on issue four right now. Um, it's it's called Sex Criminals. It is funny. I laugh at this book a lot um it's just it's something you definitely have to check out and the art like when they orgasm and they they freeze time the art is just amazing it's really psychedelic and uh it's absolutely fantastic definitely check that book out and the second book i wanted to talk about it's only on issue two it's also from image comics it's from uh the author jonathan luna and it's called alex and ada uh, it's about a guy who's just working in an office doing his nine to five job, it, but this is this story takes place in the future, and what's really cool is seeing some of the future technology that they use in the book. Uh, a ton of people have these implants in their heads where they can speak to each other, just using their minds. Um, they can say things in their minds too, like lights, and then the lights will turn on on or off in their homes. Um, they all have personal robots in their homes that will make them coffee in the morning. and, and uh, But, that, I mean, really, the technology is really just a side note um, to, the, to the main story. Uh, the character of Alex has a wealthy, really kind of uh, eccentric grandmother. And she has an android that lives with her. And he, he takes care, care of her. He's like, he kind of, you know, he makes her food and, and takes care of her. And he also takes care of her in the bedroom. She basically gets intimate with this robot, and she's really upfront in telling Alex about this. And it kind of creeps him out hearing his grandmother talk about, you know, her having sex with an android. And and uh, she then tells him that he needs an android because he hasn't had a girlfriend in a long time, and he's against it. He thinks it's weird. And then basically he comes from home from work and he finds a huge box waiting for him and you can kind of see where this is going he opens it up and you see ada the robot for the first time um that's basically the first issue i loved it, it it's going to be one of these uh romance sci-fi books and i tupperware it all the way after the first issue so definitely check it out it's by um uh jonathan luna and uh, he he has a brother uh joshua luna who did a book called whispers which is a horror book and, uh, oh, my God, uh, that's awesome, too. I love anything that the Luna Brothers do. So um, definitely check it out. It's called Alex and Ada from Image Comics. And I am done, I swear, guys. <laughs> very cool, very cool. No. All right, I think we're going to move on to our news segment. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back to talk about news. <laughs> Thank you. 
right. Hey, we're back. We're going to talk about some of the uh, news that came out this week. Uh, I know we talked about this a little bit last week. Uh, we talked about Terminator, the reboot. But it looks like we might have our John Connor for the Terminator Genesis film that we talked about. Uh, Deadline reports that Jason Clark, the 44-year-old Australian actor who's best known for his roles in both Zero Dark Thirty and Public Enemies, uh, has been cast as John Carter. Is this official? I didn't know if it was official yet. I thought it was just one of those rumored yeah, castings. Yeah, I think it's rumored. Uh, originally, the studio, I know they were looking at casting Tom Hardy. They they had their sights set on him for the role of John Carter, but he's doing the new Mad Max films. So it looks like they're going with Tom Hardy Light, which is Jason Clark. I mean, comparable. he's very comparable to Tom Hardy. I'm not, and I'm not trying to say he's not as uh, high a great actor as Tom Hardy, but he's not as high profile as Tom Hardy. If, if you agree with that. No, I agree with that. I mean, I, I, I don't have any, any real big feelings for him. I mean, I've seen him in a few things. Um, and I know he's got, a, he's got quite a, quite a, like, I think at least five or six new movies coming out here in 2014. Um, but you, but you're right. I mean, it's probably a perfect example. He's Tom Hardy light. Yeah. Um, they, so, they, but that was, that was just a, a a rumor casting, but you you got the uh, the confirmed casting, right? Yeah, the confirmed casting that we found out is the lead female role is not going to go to Brie Larson. It is going to go to Amelia Clark. Uh, she is going to be cast as Sarah Connor. Amelia Clark, of course, she's uh, from uh, Game of Thrones, so she's going to be working with Alan Taylor even more. Um, yeah, so that that's what confuses me because if you're going to cast her as Sarah Connor and then you're going to cast an older guy as John Connor, so are, are there going to be two different timelines in this? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's going to be some time travel involved here. I mean, that's that's you know, uh, Jason could, uh, could be playing John Connor, uh, Sarah Connor's son. Um, Jason Clark is 44 years old. Amelia Clark is 26. So <laughs> unless this movie has a bunch of flashbacks, there is going to be crazy ass time travel involved in this movie where a younger Sarah Connor meets her older son. And I mean, he, if he's 44, he's got to be engaged in the robot war, correct? You would yeah, think. he has to be at that point. Oh. Yeah, I would assume so. Maybe, maybe that's what they're doing. They're gonna they're gonna give us some of that war, and then some of that backstory, kind of a, a mashup. Where does the TV show fit into this? What are they gonna show us on the TV uh. show? I mean, is because I mean, okay, we've already got two main characters, which is we've got Amelia Clark, who's you know doing HBO TV, which is I you know I mean that's a step above regular network stuff, and you've got. You know, you've got a uh, Hollywood actor with, uh, you know, Jason Clark. These, they're not going to be making appearances on the TV show. I mean, no, this no. is going to be like Agents of Shield. I mean, I, I, that's that's how I kind of that's how I felt with it. It might be a a different storyline that's somehow going to link to it. That, yeah, that's but how kind can of how you I do, read it? If you're going to be doing the robot war, or is this going to be like, are these going to be events played out in the past that will tie into the events in the future? You know what I mean? I, I, I don't. I don't know how they can do a robot war on TV on a TV budget. I think, no, they can't. You can't. I think not. It, not have it serve it justice at all. Agreed. I think it has to be grounded in our time now, or sometime even in the past, maybe the '80s, and then have those events tie into 
events in the film. That's I, I don't. I, they, that's the only thing I think they could do. I don't think they could do a future robot war. I don't think a TV budget can handle that. Yeah. Well, well if, if anything that this this casting has told us is that they're they're definitely going to have some sort of time travel element in this, whether it is just in flashbacks or if it's bouncing back and forth. Um, so that's kind of cool. I mean, you, you get little story tidbits just from the casting. I I don't know. I'm worried about this. I'm worried about like the TV show just being like, oh, okay, here is – it's going to be Freak of the Week. Like, oh, here's the T-700. Yeah, they're just going to keep bringing back different – different machines oh don't tell me you guys don't like the freak of the week shows now come on now (laughs) no and and i think they could have a budget because again we've talked about almost human i think that they use their budget very well and most of these most of these robots you know have you know the the human look to them i mean i don't think they're all going to be the the skeletal t1000s um so i think i think they could both play well, if you watch the original 1984, no, yes, if you watch the original 1984 Terminator, Kyle Reese is actually talking about, you know, the future. And he says that, you know, there was a certain series of robot that did not look human. Um, but I, I think I think at this point with this reboot, you're, you're going to probably throw that out the window. That's true. I mean, I, I don't know. I think they probably – I don't know. I mean uh, that's the thing that sucks is like I don't know how they can throw everything out the window. They have to change something. They have to change so- – there has to be a hook they're, they're, because if, they, if they're telling the same story and not changing anything and calling it a reboot, why are you calling it a reboot? You have to do something revolutionary in this new one for me to watch it. If you're yeah. going to reboot this, you have to do something so fucking Wachowski Matrix mind-blowing that I'm going to be like, oh, okay, I'm on board now. Because if you're doing the exact same damn story of John Connor being the savior, why fucking reboot it then? Yeah, But, yeah, but no. just, just, just in saying that, there's going to be so many people that are going to complain if they change anything. There's going to be so many people that are going to have big old shits on the internet and go, oh, that's not my John Connor. If they do something mind-blowing to change it, I'm on board. Just like that first Star Trek movie that came out where they did the different time stream. After that, I was like, okay, they didn't shit on the original canon, the original continuity. That was awesome. Yeah, I really I really liked how they did that. Until the second movie came out. but Yes, also agreed. <laughs> but, I mean... They did that in a tasteful way. Now, if they can do this in a way that's like, wow, I never thought that they could incorporate that into this Terminator franchise. That's cool. I like the direction they're taking this into. That's revolutionary. I could have seen them doing this to the original, and I would have loved that too. This is awesome. I'm on board. But if they just keep doing what they've been doing... I mean, come on. I mean, we've seen this story before. They're not – everybody's kind of biting off the Terminator anyway. We've got other franchises out there that are doing time travel or robots. I mean, we're seeing the shit in fucking Almost Human. I mean, they have to do something so fucking mind-blowing for me to be on board with a reboot, reboot for Terminator. Do you guys agree? Well, I, I think I you're going to be disappointed. But, but at least they're but, but the good thing they're getting talent behind it. They're getting Alan Taylor. They're getting reputable actors and actresses on board. So you know, uh, 
I'd say, wait, you know, just like anything else, even the Gal Gadot stuff, just give it a wait till you see some pictures, some more, uh, some uh, uh, actual synopsis, maybe a trailer. Alil, you said something that I think you're going to be disappointed. Please elaborate. Well, just look at every every type of movie that they've tried to reboot. Um, you know, here recently, I mean, you go through. I mean, I mean, the, the the most reboots you get are, are from the horror movie franchises, um, especially ones from the eighties. I mean, we've got the Friday the Thirteenth reboot, garbage. Nightmare on Elm Street reboot, garbage. Even the Halloween, they've gotten talent. Rob Zombie did the Halloween reboot. That first, you know, it, it but it, but it, it just it just didn't do anything special. Um, I, I think for you wanting something special out of this Terminator movie. I just don't. I don't. I don't see it because I don't. I don't think that they're going to have to do that to make the money for it. I think that's it. I think you're going to see. You're, you're going to see them bring us something different. Maybe change something. You know, like I said, maybe you know, instead of that one, the one robot that they said that didn't look human. You know, maybe you know, all the robots look human. And that's why you can't tell. And, and and blah blah blah. But my my problem is is I don't. I don't see Hollywood caring really about us the fans what we want in these movies they don't they care about we've got a movie we've got the terminator we've got the reboot we've got kids who are probably gonna go see this movie in the ages of 14 to 20 14 to 25 at this point who probably haven't even seen judgment day and if they have they've watched it on tnt half-assed with the with a billion commercials because they stretched that movie out for four hours and they don't they're not going to watch it they're they're going for that that demographic they're not going for us, and, and like I said, you can see that in every reboot that they've that they've come in. Total Recall. I mean, look at all these reboots that they've tried to make this little this change to this. We're adding all these special effects. We're doing it better. We're doing it how they wanted us to do it back then, and yet back then the story was better. We didn't need all the effects. It was it was basically being the story being told the right way. And that's what I'm afraid is going to happen. And I, I think you're right, Steve. They've got talented people here, but these talented people don't always have the final say. Well, and you're right about the story too. Like in every Terminator movie, the story was always going forward. You know, like Terminator One, it was going forward. Terminator Two, the it was it was always talking about future stuff, future tech. And then Terminator Four kind of straight away from that. And then what are they going to do? What are they going to bring new to the game for the for the new stuff? Time will tell. Okay, like, okay, first off, like, why didn't they just send the Terminator back to, like, the 1800s and kill, like, one of Sarah Connor's, like, you know, earlier? Exactly, I mean... Yeah, I mean, seriously, it's like, okay, oh, okay, let's kill her great-great-great-great-grandfather who had a musket. Okay, (laughs) bang, you're fucking dead. You know, but anyway, what I think they should do, I think they should blow everybody's fucking mind and they show, like, uh, at the end of this movie... They show somebody from our time sending somebody to combat uh, the Terminators of the future, and uh, they say, "Fuck it, you know, let's let's do the comic book storyline." And they send RoboCop. <laughs> I'm not fucking with you. They have new RoboCop, Joel Kinnaman. Everybody, guys, have you seen the RoboCop fan RoboCop versus uh, Terminator fan made trailer? I have not. No, I haven't seen. Watch it, no. it. Have you read the comic book? I, I I read was it RoboCop versus Terminator? I've read a RoboCop comic. Um, how long ago yeah. did that come out? 
Oh, it's been it's been a quite it's been quite a We're while. We're talking. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I'm sure I read that. I mean, you know, guys, they've had they've had Aliens versus Predator. They've had Batman versus Predator. They've had Aliens versus Superman. They've had RoboCop versus Terminator. So. I think, you know, hey, they're talking about having, you know, Godzilla fighting the kaiju in Pacific Rim. Why can't we send RoboCop into the future to kick some ass against some Terminators? I'm on board. (laughs) Franchise building, universe expanding. I'm with you, but that's not what we're going to see here. I'm I'm telling you right now, if you're expecting this mind-blowing Terminator event, I don't just, just don't get your hopes no, up. No, they haven't. There hasn't been an awesome Terminator movie since Terminator Two, unfortunately. So, and you know, James Cameron's too, you know, busy uh, filming, you know, seven, eight foot tall blue Smurfs to to go back. Three to, movies back to back. Yeah, well, it's cheaper to do it that way, Steve. Either either way, we don't even. How many people really want an Avatar two, let alone three and four? I don't know. I'm not going to say I hate Avatar. It's I, I love I love Pandora. I think it's a beautiful place to be. I loved I love being in Pandora, watching it in 3D. I did. I oh, yeah, I know that that was the 3D event at the theater. That yeah. was like you had yeah. to see it like that. Yeah, that's like, like it doesn't hold up as much. Every, at, at I home, know, like you know? it does. It really doesn't. Like I can't watch it at home. I've even like <laughs> I can't. I, I don't enjoy it. But like when I'm at the theater and I'm in Pandora watching it in 3D, I love that movie. <laughs> I have to admit, it's. Oh, no, I, I'm, I agree with you. I'm right there with you. On it's that one. fucking eye candy. But when I when I come back home and I'm watching it, you know, on my 60 inch, you just get sad. You just get yeah. sad thinking about what it was like. You're like, oh, I'm not there anymore. Yeah, exactly. But uh, yeah, I mean, visually sure. it was great. But you know, I agree with you. If Cameron was coming back to this franchise, I think we would have something. But the yeah. fact that he's not, I just, I don't know. Uh, I'm. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna wait and see. I mean, I, I'm not gonna get my hopes up. No, I agree with you, Alil. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. I don't think they're gonna be able to do anything that's gonna, that's going to revolutionize everything. Um, Terminator Two was the pinnacle. That, that's, that is. They set the bar with Terminator Two. You'll never be able to go past that, especially now that we're in, you know, 2013 going on 2014. Everything's been done um, in that Terminator franchise. So I, I, I just wish they would have wrapped it up and been like, "Okay, we're done." And, and they had the ending. They they could have. I mean, it, it worked yeah. at the end of Terminator Two. I, I think it. I think they should have just left it. Um. Yeah. And I'm not. I'm not going to put my two cents in on Avatar. But that that's it. All right. Uh, let's jump into some uh, Marvel news. Uh, a couple different outlets are reporting that. The, there's a rumor that War Machine uh, could show up in the Avengers Age of Ultron. Um, Bleeding Cool reported it, and then USA Today had an interview with Don Chadle and is reporting that he'll be in the film. Uh, people are speculating that since another Iron Man film probably won't be around at least until, th- th- at least until 2020, uh, even if they do make another Iron Man solo film, uh, with the movies that Marvel has announced or are planning to announce within the next few years. Uh, Downey is locked up now for both the Avengers films uh, in 2015 and 2018. So where does War Machine come into play? Uh, I don't know. Do you guys think that War Machine will show up in these movies? I do, based on that Based on that news. Like, if there is not going to be an Iron Man 4 anytime soon, they can't explain War Machine away. 
he should be included in the next movie. Well, I, should, I thought he should have been in Avengers. I mean, it, it would have made sense. He was War Machine at the end of Iron Man 2. Um, Do you want to see him back as War Machine or Iron Patriot? Iron Patriot. I, I don't think that Iron Patriot was just to sell toys. I'm just I'm still pissed off about that because Iron Patriot was originally Norman Osborn and that story made sense. This is it this is just a way to put him in a different suit to sell toys. That was bullshit. I'd rather see him come back as a war machine. But but I want to get the Iron Patriot General Giant bus. Come on, man. <laughs> no, you're, you're you're right though. It it was to sell toys, just like how many damn armors Iron Man three had. It is all to sell the almighty toy, um, but I, I think I, th- I, th- I like Cheadle. I, I think he did a great job as as Rhodey. Um, yeah, I I don't see a problem with it. I mean, you're going to have to have a minute because, like you said, it's, how do you explain away that you know what we've got this firepower here with another guy in a suit? And I I, th- I have a feeling with this announcement that maybe Avengers two might have less Iron Man and more War Machine. Maybe, you know, with with issues that Tony had dealt with in Iron Man 3, which I know you guys don't like, but I think that that might bring into some issues with maybe War Machine stepping in, you know, early on in the movie as that armored muscle, and and that's how they're going to use him. That's the the first thought that popped into my head. I mean, because in the comics and in cartoon series and everything, I mean, War Machine did fill in War Machine was part of the West Coast Avengers. Um, yeah, I mean, he's got a big a big backstory here with the Avengers, and it's only fitting to have him in there. I think that this next film is going to be... You have uh, Avengers, which was Star Wars A New Hope, and I think this next film is going to be the, uh, the more darker, grittier Empire Strikes Back version of the Avengers, and I think there's going to be some deaths in this film, and I think that War Machine is going to be brought in and killed off. Um, I think it's going to be darker. I think we're going to see some character deaths in the next film. You know, maybe huh. maybe ScarJo dies, maybe maybe Hawkeye dies. Um, ScarJo's not dying; she's too popular. I, I think if anybody, it's going to be Hawkeye. Yeah, they could kill off Hawkeye, but yeah, I don't think they're they're not going to kill off their only female. Character. Well, I don't think she's uh, going to be there. Oh, only well, they're going to have the Scarlet Witch too. Well, it's Scarlet Witch, and a lot of people think that. Miss Marvel. And yeah, thank you, Miss uh, Miss Marvel, who is now actually in the comics in in, in uh, the six one six. She is now Captain Marvel. She's taken on, she's taken on the role of Captain Marvel, and uh, you know a lot of people think that they're going to introduce Carol Danvers uh, into one of these films as a pilot. And then later on, she will be Captain Marvel. So, I, especially with the news of Wonder Woman being cast as Gal, you know, Gal Gadot being cast as Wonder Woman, Marvel's going to want to get like a strong, empowered superhero female in one of these movies soon. I, I always thought that, that they were going to bring her into Guardians of the Galaxy, and I, I always felt that 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 she would be that end of the end of the credits tease. Like you would hear of Danvers and then you would see something happen because it's it's fitting for her to get the you know those those cosmic free powers from that movie right um, you know and then you don't really have to go into a big backstory for for her to somehow end up in Avengers 2 or even at the end of Avengers 3 I wouldn't put him past him, man. I mean, they they have to. I think she is going to be introduced into this. And like there was rumors that Katie Sackhoff was in talks to be Captain Marvel. 
Which I think would be perfect. I, mean, oh, I think I do she too. fits that role. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I think if, if I, I, yeah, you'll, you'll see that announcement come soon because it, it seems like all these studios, you know, with, uh, with the Futures Past, with Avengers, with Amazing Spider-Man, uh, with, uh, Batman, Superman, anytime one comes out with something, you know, we got the Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man trailer, then we get Days of Futures Past news, then we get, uh, Gal Gadot, you know, we, we get everything. They all want to try to one-up each other. So I'm sure, the next studio that makes some kind of announcement, you'll hear something. But, I mean, you guys understand, like, what I'm saying, like, with back to War Machine, like, you know, I don't know if we're going to see another solo Iron Man film for a long time. I mean, you know, we've got Robert Downey Jr. locked in for two Avengers 2 and 3, but there is no Iron Man 4 slated. So if they're going to bring back War Machine, it could not, I mean, it might not be for years down the line. I mean... They have to bring him into one of these movies. I think his. I think he's expendable. Well, they have a reason to bring him back, you know. And the the good news is is that if War Machine's back and they got Cheadle back. You know what I mean? Like it would be horrible if they had to recast him for something. Wasn't there a rumor that they were going to bring in a human Jarvis too? Just like yeah, that was the rumor. I thought it was confirmed that Cheadle was going to be in, but it was a rumor that there was going to be a, a human version of Jarvis, just or like at the least comics. a just like in physical the comics. version. Yeah, just like in the comics, there's a human Jarvis. You know, Jarvis in the comics, it's it's not a, a Jarvis is not an AI. So. But that's in the old comics, right? I mean, I don't remember reading that in the newer ones. I mean, no, he's, I know in the no, he's new in, Avengers, what in the early part he was dating Aunt May. Uh, but hasn't that changed? Aunt May is actually with uh, J. Jonah Jameson's father in the comic books. But yeah, no, Jarvis is still in the in the comics. Hmm. I missed that. Well, I mean, are they? Are, yeah, yeah. I'm just. I'm, I guess I'm confused with how they would do that. I mean, they 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 haven't shown in three movies plus Avengers, so four movies with with Downey having a butler. Um, it's, you know, I, I think that'll be just very confusing. Just throwing another, another person in there for no apparent reason. Yeah. I'm not saying I agree with it. The only thing I think they could do is like, you know, maybe Tony Stark explains that the reason that the AI had that voice was because it was comforting. It reminded him of his, you know, Butler from his past that, you know, raised him or something. I don't know. But, uh, I, I don't know how they would incorporate that it's it's almost too much like alfred from batman at this point if they tried to bring that in which which is what jarvis was right right yeah well tony stark is marvel's batman you know do you think that there's enough there to have like a uh, war machine solo film eventually or a lot of people are talking about like oh how they'd love to see a war machine solo film i'm just not i'm not feeling that man yeah no, I, I, I agree. That's that that wouldn't work. I mean, that that you would need you know you would need the Iron Man budget, and nobody's going to go see it. I mean, because you're not getting the, the the character you love. You're getting you know as, as the joke in Iron Man two, his sidekick. And yeah. I mean, War Machine had had a good run in the comics yeah. here and there, but as as he always is, he's always better when he's with Tony. Honestly, I think it would have been better if they would have had Terrence Howard in the role still, because I love Terrence Howard. Yeah, and you heard those, you heard that news too that he's blaming that he's blaming Downey for for being uh, 
uh, being replaced. That Donnie didn't stick up for him right. when they were negotiating the contracts. But yeah. I agree. I mean, I thought Howard did a fine job in the first one. I like Cheadle. It is kind of funny because he's kind of small. And he's smaller than than Downey Jr. And Downey is a small guy anyway. So it's just, <laughs> and I think Gwyneth is taller than all of them. So <laughs> it's just a uh, funny watching them play with that on on screen. But yeah, I, I still don't. I don't want to see a War Machine solo movie. There's so many other characters that Marvel can, but Marvel needs to do solo movies for that War Machine is is. Way down the list. Well, guys, the like, uh, lot of spe- oh. lot of speculation about the War Machine movie is coming from the fact that there is going to be a uh, War Machine solo comic book coming out in the next two three months. I think it hits February or March, so a new War Machine comic book. And typically, when a comic book comes out, that means that there's a movie coming out, you know, somewhere down the road because. Right after the Guardians of the Galaxy movie was announced, of course, there was a Guardians of the Galaxy new comic book that they came out with Brian Michael Bendis writing. So a lot of people are speculating that there might be a War Machine uh, movie. So, Well, if you don't want to see a War Machine solo movie, you might want to see a Venom solo movie. Yeah, uh, earlier in the week... Uh, there was uh, we talked about you know uh, amazing. Uh, well, last week we talked about the Amazing Spider-Man two trailer, um, and then earlier this week, uh, what was it? Andrew Garfield he came out and he said that he had no involvement in that fourth Spider-Man movie that they had slated. Uh, it looks like Sony Pictures is falling in line with Marvel Studios now and Fox, and they're going the route of the expanded universe two when they revealed that they are making a Sinister Six film. And then finally making the long-rumored Venom film that we've been hearing about for a long time. They're going to be using everyone that they can at their disposal, uh, including director Mark Webb, uh, Alex Kurtzman, uh, Roberto Orsi, Jeff Pinkner, Ed Solomon, and Drew Goddard. Uh, They will collaboratively, uh, collaboratively develop these films as a linked set of projects. Now, Kurtzman... Orsi and Pinkner, they are writing the screenplay for The Amazing Spider-Man 3. Uh, we don't know for sure, but with you know, the studio, they want uh, you know, Mark Webb to return for that film to direct it. Uh, now, the film goes into production next fall and will be released June 10th, 2016. Now, the fourth film will be written and directed possibly by Drew Goddard who I found this interesting. He's also doing the Marvel Studios Daredevil Netflix TV show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he was the director for uh, Cabin in the Woods, which Joss Whedon was a writer on that one, as well as Goddard himself. Um, but I think it's interesting that he'll be directing the Daredevil series on Netflix and then also doing these movies later on. Um, what, and then it looks like Kurtzman, Orsi, and Solomon are writing the screenplay for the Venom movie, and Kurtzman will direct it. Now, there's no release date for the Venom movie at this point, but, I like I said, the, the Spider-Man, Spider-Man 3 comes out June 10th, 2016, and then the original uh, Spider-Man 4, which we thought was going to be a Spider-Man 4 movie, which now we know is going to be the uh, Sinister Six film, that was originally slated for May 4th, 2018. So what are your thoughts 
on a Sinister Six film? What are your thoughts on uh, Drew Goddard doing the Sinister Six film and then the Venom film with Kurtzman? I, th- I think the Venom film is the one I'm more excited about. I don't know how you can make a movie surrounding six villains as your central characters because, I mean, you've got to get behind the, the main characters of the movie for it to move ahead. And I just don't know how you can do a... Are they fighting other villains? Is it just them fighting the heroes and we're looking at their side of the story? I just It's too early to tell right now. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I don't understand the Sinister Six movie at all. I, I don't understand it. I was trying to read up on, you know, trying to find out any other information on it, what they could possibly do, because I mean, exactly, okay, so if the movies, let's just say, from the point of view of the villains, I mean, what are they fighting against the police? I mean, is there another are they going to throw in another low-level hero sidekick that maybe Spider-Man teamed up with once in a comic that that you know that nobody owns the rights to? It's just so difficult to figure out how they're going to do this. Are they going to? Is it going to be more of a you know like an odd couple comedy kind of thing where they're all trying to get to get along? I don't know. I, I just think that that's just so weird that they would make. A villain central, a villain central movie with six villains, not, not just one villain, but six. Okay, okay. Let's look at let's look at the uh, let's look at what this bu- is building to. So, what we saw in the Amazing Spider-Man two trailer is the fact that there is going to be a Sinister Six. I mean, we saw the Easter eggs of the you know Doc Ox tentacles. We saw the Vulture wings. You know, we've gotten hints. Okay, we've seen we've seen the Rhino suit. We've seen Electro. Um, you know, the lizard is, is in this universe. So we know that they're building towards, and then the goblin. We know that there is a Sinister Six of, uh, that is eventually going to happen. I think what they're doing is they're trying to show that this thing is going to get so big that Spider-Man cannot take these villains on all by himself. It is outside of just him alone being able to take them all on. I think they're going to show that it's overwhelming to him. Like, you know, he can take, on, you know, one at a time, or maybe even two at a time, but they're going to show that he cannot just take on the Sinister Six all by himself and expect to win. It's bigger than that. I think it, this, I think the third movie is going to develop into a Spider-Man, by the end of it, it's going to develop into a Spider-Man team-up film with Venom, in which they will take on the Sinister Six in the fourth movie. I think it's still going to be a Spider-Man film, but I think it's going to be Spider-Man and Venom taking on the Sinister Six, which will then, they will defeat the Sinister Six in that film, and then it will lead on into a Venom film where Spider-Man and Venom take on Carnage. Wouldn't that be nice? I, if, if you think of that route, that's great. I just... It's just very confusing how this information is coming out. Yeah, I, I, I like the idea of them of Spider-Man teaming up with with uh, Venom to take on the Sinister Six. Maybe even throw some Black Cat in there and see what happens. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But I still don't know how to get behind a movie, re- you know, revolving around six villains. I don't know how you do that movie. Well, it unless can still, it's just like backstory stuff and how they all got to where they're at. Like I don't know how you do that. Well, I mean, you know, I don't that, – that's what I'm saying. I think it's going to be a Spider-Man film, but I think it's going to be Sinister Six, Sinister Six-centric. It's going to be basically Spider-Man taking on the Sinister Six, and you, they're just calling it a Sinister Six film. And they, I'm, I'm sure they don't even have the, the 
the, the script isn't even written yet. I mean, this is all just, I mean, they don't even have to worry about that film until 2018 for crying out loud. So, yeah. you know, we're, we're looking at, you know, we're looking at, you know, four years away, four and a half years away. I mean, yeah, and if this next one bombs, then we won't, you know, whatever they're talking about probably won't even happen. But what's going to get people talking more if they say, oh, okay, we're going to come out with The Amazing Spider-Man 4, or if they say, hey, we're going to come out with a Sinister Six film? People are going to be like, what? How is that even going to be done? And blah, 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 blah. I think it's just to generate some excitement and, uh, you know, try to kind of like uh, get people talking about it. I still think it's going to be a Spider-Man movie. I don't think that they're going to make a, a movie focused on the Sinister Six doing what the Sinister Six does, their diabolical scheming or them, you know, fighting against each other or against other villains. I I just, I can't see that being a reality. I think this is going to be a Spider-Man film, but I think it's going to be Spider-Man versus the Sinister Six. Yeah, I'm happy they're at least trying to do something with it. You know, they they had to fast-track the Amazing Spider-Man because they were in danger of losing the rights. But, you know, at least it doesn't feel like they're just they're just putting these movies out to put them out. It feels like they're actually trying to build something and move towards a bigger thing, which is kind of cool. So Yeah, but they said that the last time. I mean, as 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 much as I like the movies, Sony's Sony said this before. Sony said this with the Raimi movies that this is what it's going to be that they weren't going to Reboot them. It was going to be a long for the long haul, and yet they had the Amazing Spider-Man script written during the time that the uh, Spider-Man Three came out. They had that in their back pocket. If if basically if Raimi didn't do what they said to do, because Spider-Man Three was was a big fight between the studio and Raimi on on how to do a lot of things because of the Arad wanted Venom in a movie. Uh, worse than anything else, and he's been wanting. He's been pushing this Venom movie since 2000, I think, to around that time before even the first Spider-Man movie came out. He's wanted to do Venom, so I, I don't know. You know, I hear Venom. I, I don't. I don't know. I mean, are they going with Eddie Brock's story? Or are they going to go with what's going on in the comics now with Venom as Flash Thompson? Well, I think they're going to have like okay. The the rumor that I heard is that the. Okay, you guys remember watching? We talked about the trailer last week, and we showed yeah. like you know like the uh, hidden room where they showed like Doc's ox tentacles and the vulture wings. Well, apparently there's a third. It, that was actually the uh, end credit scene. Uh, it's taken from the end credit scene, and there is a third chamber that actually contains the symbiote suit. That's the rumor. So they're going to go the ultimate Spider-Man route where Peter's father and Eddie's father created the suit to yes. kind of cure, cure cancer, right? Good. Good. So, which, which, better, which, which is better, better than, than that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, how they did it in the Raimi film, which I completely agree. Um, it's, it's way better than that just because it, it's more grounded in, I guess, some type of reality. But I, I still... You know, I guess somewhere in one of these movies, for for it to be really Venom, the suit has to you know get on Peter, or maybe it's used. I guess in the Ultimate Spider-Man cartoon on Disney XD, like I talked about last week, they changed it also again a little bit, and actually Harry was the first one to get the suit on him because uh, they haven't even introduced Eddie Brock in that in that show, and Doc Ock and, and Norman created it out of out of Peter's blood, um, and that's why picked up the name Venom because it was kind of like the the worst parts of of uh, the the radioactive spider blood. 
Um, so uh, yeah, I guess if, if they can do something like that, work it out over there where it doesn't have to get on Peter, but they can use it. I guess they can go that route. Um, it, it's not a bad way to tell the story. Uh, you're, you're going to see a lot of people not like it. A lot of people like the Eddie Brock Venom. Uh, he's still iconic, even though Flash is Venom now. I still think a lot of people, when you talk about Venom in comics, still still look at Eddie Brock and, and, and see that Venom with the teeth and the tongue. Yeah, but they didn't even do that right in the Raimi films. I mean, I want to see him look... Sure. If they're going to do that, I want to see him look like a fucking shark. You know what I mean? Well, exactly. They should have made him bigger. They should have... Should have been like... Should have been like... It should have been played out like an alien film. Like, yes, it should exactly. have been, it, like a horror movie, like a horror sci-fi superhero movie. That's the way it should have been played out. It, it should have been played out, and I know we, I think we were talking, I don't know if it was on the recording or not, but we were talking about the Incredible, the Incredible Hulk movie with uh, Edward Norton. That scene when they're in the, uh, the soda factory, where it's like all in shadows, and he's doing things like that. They, they need a lot of that in that kind of movie, where you're not seeing the full venom, you're seeing, the symbiote doing its thing, but you're getting glimpses of it because it should be scary. I mean, when you when you see Eddie Brock and, and you see what it, what it's become, and that's why he's he's Venom. You know, it's you know he wants to eat his brains. Right. I mean, that's that's the big thing. I mean, yeah, I I, I hope they do it right. I'm 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 not. I'll be there to see it just because I'm a Spider Man fan. You, but what do you think about the choices? That they've made for, you know, the people working on these movies. I mean, I personally think that Goddard is great thinking when it comes to getting him to do, you know, the uh, Sinister Six film. I think that's really thinking outside of the box. I think they're taking uh, taking note from Marvel Studios and getting some different types of directors on these movies. I mean, you know, he's from, in my opinion, he's from the Whedon camp. I mean, they worked together on Cabin in the Woods. I think this is really smart that they tapped him for this movie. Um, I, I think, you know, Kurtzman and Oishi, them being involved in the Venom film, uh, I think anything that they're involved in, sometimes they get stretched a little too thin. I mean, they've got their hands in everything right now. You know, Star Trek, uh, Sleepy Hollow. Uh, I mean, there's so many different scripts and stories that these guys are involved in that it almost seems like, you know, they're being stretched too thin, like I said. Kind of like... Jeff Johns with DC. I mean, that guy is writing so many books for DC that it's almost like, you know, he was the man at DC for the longest time. And then they just kept using him for like every Green Lantern story and, and every, uh, now, you know, Justice League. And like, it just seems like this great writer gets used way too man, too, way too much. And then he's not what he used to be anymore. And then they've, they've, they've tapped the well so many times that there's nothing left. But I'm hoping that these guys still have great ideas left for Venom. Don't get me wrong. I just hope that they have a great idea for the character of Venom. Do you guys see what I mean, or am I rambling? No, no I, I, I... Yeah, I understand. Go ahead, Lil. Go ahead. No, I, I see what you mean, and, and I agree with you. It's somebody who has had his had his foot in you know in the industry, had some had some you know some hits, you know, Cabin in the Woods, World War Z. Um, he's you know done Lost. He's he's like you said, tapped on a do Daredevil. Um, for Netflix, you know, Cloverfield, it, it, it could work. He could have that, you know, and also he's, you know, he's kind of our generation. Um, so, you know, he grew up in that, in that time. Yeah. I I have, I have faith in Goddard. I do. I'm worried about Kurtzman and Orsi and they have the bigger reputation. You know what I mean? 
I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah, like, no, I'm, I, I'm with you on that one. I, I'm really excited to see what Goddard does. I was excited to hear him th- that he was going to be in charge of Daredevil for Netflix and hearing that he's going to be involved in the Spider-Man universe is really cool. But like you said, Kurtzman and Norsey, Star Trek Two is a mess, and you know they they can't bring that same sort of mess to to the Spider-Man universe, especially if they're going to be doing uh, taking care of Venom. So, well, we'll see. We'll see. Sinister Six, and that's that's my problem. There, there was just too much there. Oh, they're, yeah, they're doing the Sinister Six, right? Yeah. No, no, no. Uh, uh, Goddard's doing the uh, Sinister Six, and then uh, oh, okay, I thought Goddard was doing the Venom. I'm sorry. No, and I think that's a good fit. Is I think Goddard doing Sinister Six is a, a Sinister Six is a great fit. I, and and honestly, I think if you know, I'd rather have Kurtzman and Orsi on the Venom film than the Sinister Six. I agree. I agree. But I'm still worried about Kurtzman and Orsi on Sinister Six. Like I said. Yeah, they have to. Yeah, have when, a, when they're stretched that thin, it's hard to imagine like what exactly they're putting into they, all these different projects. Right, they well, have I guess to we'll have. See, a, I mean, Kurt, Kurtzman's writing, or like, I guess his get the biggest role for Amazing Spider-Man too. So, I mean, I guess we'll get a feel for that with this with this movie coming out in in, in May. Right. Yeah. Um, but uh, can, I don't know. We can all agree that, that I think. I think with all like the viral stuff, with all the Easter eggs, with all the news that we're getting about Amazing Spider-Man 2, I think we are all intrigued and ready to see this movie when it comes out in May next year. Very much so. Can't wait for that review show. All right. Yeah, I'll, I'll, it'll probably be 10 hours long. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I Seriously, after all the news. I mean, we spent, I don't even know, the last two weeks we spent so much time talking about this yeah, film. Far longer than the movie's going to actually be. Actually, yeah. Yeah. We didn't even talk about the international trailer yet. We haven't even talked about the yeah. international trailer. Did you want to talk about that? No, we don't have to. I mean, <laughs> the, only, the, only, the only thing it added to it, I don't know if anybody's seen it. <laughs> Guys, is, uh, hey, do you have an extra, I don't know, hour to spare? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, we're done with our news segment. We're going to come back and we're going to do a little uh, last-minute uh, Christmas shopping gifts for geeks segment. Is that what you want to call it? Sure. Gif- gifts for geeks. Gifts for geeks. are so fresh. Snap! Hey, we're back. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, geek gifts uh, for this holiday season. Um, I know that me and Steve, uh, basically, this was, uh, Alil, this was your baby. This is something that you wanted to talk about. Uh, um, I know that you're you're a big-time shopper, so this is kind of like your thing, so I'm going to let you run with this one, okay? Not a problem. Yeah, I... I thought of this, and we probably should have done it a few weeks ago, but you know, better late than never. And if uh, if a few guys out there who are listening like this segment, you know, let us know, and you know, we'll be sure to try to keep it in, or when we do it next year, you know, do it a few weeks earlier. Uh, but you know, you know, talking with my wife, and you know, she she loves trying to find you know unique gifts for for me, uh, and you know, we we try to buy each other you know weird odd things that are that are just fun. And, you know, it, it kind of started a couple years ago um, when, you know, a lot of people would give, you know, lists of what they want. And I, I always hate that. You know, I always like to get somebody a gift of, you know, if I know something about them, you know, I'll try to find something unique. Um, and, and that's kind of how it got, you know, we then started doing some weird things here, just little gag gifts. I think last year I bought her a, a Han Solo and Carbonite ice tray. 
and it was just something fun. And uh, so I wanted to put out there, you know, like, uh, you know, for, for the listeners, if you're having trouble with a significant other trying to find some kind of unique, fun thing, you know, just, just kind of steer you guys, you know, with uh, some some sites, some stores, some just fun some fun items that are out there. Um, and, you know, if you guys have any questions, you know, hit us up on, on the Facebook page and I'll, I'll, you know, be happy to help if, uh, if there, if you're having problems finding things or if something we're talking about, you just can't locate, you know, definitely hit us out. But, uh, don't forget uh, that we also have a Twitter and we have an Instagram and we have a Tumblr page. Tumblr, yeah. I, I was just about to say also on, uh, on Twitter and, and all those. So yeah, I mean, you know, hit us up any way you can and, uh, you know, especially around this holiday season, I'd I love to help you guys out. Um, I, you know, I love doing this. I collect stuff. I, I have a, a vast array of different things I collect, and uh, I'll go through a few of the things that I've gotten that I've really liked that uh, that I've seen out there, and try to try to help you guys out with. But I'll let uh, I'll let Brian and Steve uh, go first. I know they had a few things that they wanted to, to throw in before I I, uh, I guess go crazy on my geekasm of shopping. <laughs> Geekasm of shopping. Um, I wanted to talk real quick, just a couple of things. I really don't have a lot to contribute to this segment. There's a lot of things that I see out there that are cool, but uh, there's a website that I've gone to for years. They have really weird gifts and uh things that you can purchase. It's uh, called japantrendshop.com. And uh, they have a lot of Japanese gifts and uh, gadgets and uh, different uh, things that you can buy from their website. Anything from like a uh, lightsaber uh, umbrella to, um, I don't know, they, they just have a lot of bizarre different uh, Japanese uh, gifts that you can buy. They've got uh, piggy banks that have um, faces that uh, actually, that will eat your money. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, like you can put the money, the coin, up to the mouth, and it will actually chew your money and eat it. Um, there, there's a lot of different cool gifts that they have that you can only get there. They are so unique and different. It's called JapanTrendShop.com. So check that out. Some of the gifts might be priced a little bit more because a lot of them are being shipped from Japan, but uh, definitely different. So check it out. Uh, they have... I'd say over a thousand items that you can choose from. Uh, the other thing that I wanted to talk about real quick was Star Wars related. Uh, it's available at thinkgeek.com. They have tons of things that you can purchase there at Think Geek. Think Geek, and I'm sure Alil might even talk about one or two of them uh, within the podcast. But uh, they have a baby walkling, uh, which if you're not, if you don't know what a walkling is, that is the term for a baby Ewok. They have a baby walkling doll that you can purchase there for $14.99. It is an actual vintage reproduction plush Ewok. Um, it's based on the Kenner collection from the mid-80s. Now, there are limited quantities of this, and then they said once they're gone, they are gone forever. These things are adorable. I just saw it on the website a few days ago. I purchased one instantly for my girlfriend for Christmas. Um, I am not worried at all that uh, she's going to find out about this. She doesn't listen to the podcast. Um, I mean, honestly, she listens to me talk all the time anyway. She's not impressed by that. So why the fuck would she want to endure another three hours of me <laughs> yammering on on a fucking podcast? So I'm not worried about that at all. But I did purchase her one of these uh, Ewok dolls. They are really, really, really adorable. So um, go to thinkgeek.com, just do a search for the Vintage Reproduction Plush Ewok. And that is all I got, guys. 
Huh. Okay, yeah, I, I only have a couple of things to contribute to this too. Um, you know, last week, uh, Brian, you mentioned that you were going, you had bought the Mass Effect game on on eBay, and yes. it was being sent to you. Um, wh- one of my things that I'm talking about is going to be the uh, Bioware store. You just go to BioWareStore.com. Bioware is the company that makes the Mass Effect games, and they have all kinds of crap. And it's all Mass Effect and Dragon Age related. I don't know if you've heard of Dragon Age, the game series, but it's got a lot of stuff to do with them too. Um, they have like, uh, in the game, your character is wearing like this tactical armor and it's got like the N7 logo on it, which is like a uh, like the elitist, like the top tier human military that you could be. And so they have like hoodies and, and everything with that, that look like that armor and they have the logos on it and stuff. And they have, you know, everything from from flasks to shoes you know, uh, little Funko Pop dolls, all that stuff. So, um, really cool. The Bioware store, if you're into that kind of stuff, if you're into Mass Effect, um, basically you can just go there and get anything that you want. Um, and then the other thing I wanted to talk about was something that is not for everybody, but if you're if you see a lot of movies at the theater, it might be for you. It's something called Movie Pass. Have you guys heard of this? No, no. Yeah, yeah. Movie Pass is this thing that it's a uh, thirty five dollars a month. Um, basically, uh, there's no blackout dates. It's nationwide. You can go on the website right now, moviepass.com, and you can uh, search your um, zip code, and it'll tell you if you have theaters around you that, that allow you to use this. And basically, it's like a subscription. You pay 35 bucks a month. You can see one. It guarantees you one 2D movie a day, every day uh, for, the, uh, for the month. So, like, uh, it doesn't it doesn't cover like IMAX 3Ds or anything like that. But if you're just gonna go see like Thor, you know, you could see Thor, then you could see Hunger Games, and you could see uh, The Hobbit all back, all uh, in a row. You know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and you wouldn't have to pay anything. It's just like this little prepaid credit card, and it's just a thirty five dollar a month fee. And you go to the you go to the ticket counter, you swipe your little card, and get your ticket, and that's it. It's called MoviePass.com. Yeah, moviepass.com. So like I said, it's not for everybody because not everybody sees $35 a month worth of movies at the theater. But, but you know, if you do, like like we have to, you know, you, it, it's a good buy. It definitely saves you some money. That's actually, now, that that's amazing. for one person or is that multi? Yeah, it's, it's, it's only for one person. Everybody has to have their own pass. You can't do like a multi-person you know person thing, but... Still, like if it's thirty five bucks a month, if you were to do that, you know, for you and like your wife or something, you're looking at seventy bucks a month. I don't know about you, but when I take my wife to the movies, if we're gonna both get a ticket and concessions and all that, it's damn near fifty bucks a pop, anyways. So, works out. Yeah, like I said, not not for everybody, but a really cool thing. So you're saying when you go to MoviePass.com, there's like a uh, zip code search engine, and they'll find you if you have a participating theater. Yeah, correct. Like the theater that I go to is right there. I mean, every theater that's near me takes takes this thing. So it's in over thirty five hundred theaters around the country. So chances are, if you live near any sort of city at all, you're you're going to be in there. I actually like that. I mean, I might be inclined to actually see more movies if I did that. I'm actually going to go to the website right exactly. Now. Like there's movie there's movies that I won't go see in the theater because I don't think it's worth spending that much money and that much time and all that. But if I have a movie pass and it gets me in there for free, you're right. I'd be more inclined to see that movie. Well, so, I remember when I was a kid, they used to have uh, movie um, like there was like a movie. Uh, uh, year annual pass that you could buy for like a certain amount. I, I don't even know how much it was, but I remember like you would be able to pay like, uh, I don't know, hundred, hundred and fifty dollars 
$200 or something like that for an annual pass and be able to yeah. see as many movies as you wanted to in a year unlimited. But they, they, they took that away and now they have gift cards. So yeah. This yeah, kinda, this this movie pass does it does it per month, but there's also other you know you can save more. You can get it per year. You can get it for like a three month stretch or for a six month stretch or a year. So you know you can save if you if you get it for longer periods of time. That's awesome. I'm looking but, at yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I'm pulling it up right now. Um, oh, I, it's wanting me to create an account, and they do have one here. Actually, all there you go. They have <laughs> right here in my area, but all three theaters are available. That is that is amazing. Yeah. Like I said, though, you got to look at the fine print. It's only a two D movie. It's not going to get you in there for the D box. It's not going to get you in there for the three D showings or the IMAX. It's just going to be standard movies. But you know, you could see. Well, not, you're right. Not every a movie, movie you need to see every day. Exactly. Yeah, so it's those not like, are my two things. Yeah, it's not like okay, like when I went to see Twelve Years a Slave or or Dallas Buyers Club. I mean, I yeah. spent, you know, <laughs> I spent, you know, uh, $12 to go see Dallas Buyers Club and I spent like, you know, 10 bucks to see 12 Years a Slave. You know, I mean, basically one more movie added on top of that. I've pretty much paid for my subscription for the month. Yeah. yeah and that's only three movies. You're done. Yeah, guys. Hey, let's talk at the same time. So. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. It's fine. I'm fucking with you. Now nobody's got nothing to say. No, no, now everybody shuts up. <laughs> Brian's being a dick. I'm not going to anyway, say bitches, anything. Anyways, the uh, Bioware store, check that out, and then check out MoviePass.com. We're not getting paid for any of this, but it is still some cool shit, so give it a look. I like that. Now, okay. Lil, the leash has been, uh, you, you're being unleashed. Right. Go watch. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, I'm, I'm going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go too long, but I'm going to, First thing I want to do is correct uh, a thing I said last week with the uh, geek jerseys. It's actually geeky jerseys. I know uh, Brian posted a link uh, to them on, on the Facebook page, but it's uh, G-E-E-K-Y jerseys.com, not geek jerseys. So I just want to put that out there because I still think that's one of the coolest things out there. Uh, right now they've got a TARDIS, the dude, and uh, an empire for... Um, uh, for Heisenberg uh, as jerseys available, so those are those are some great Christmas gifts. Um, but to kind of go off of what Brian was talking about with Think Geek, that's a great site to get a lot of different things, and they have such um, unique uh, items. Uh, they have a Enterprise pizza cutter. I mean, who doesn't want that? Uh, but one of the one of the cool things I saw on there was a, a retro video game cartridge pillow set, and it's kind of funny because you guys were talking about that unicorn video game. Uh, these two pillows, you get two throw pillows for your couch, and they look like old Nintendo cartridges. They're about a about a foot tall, um, you know, by about a foot tall, four inches wide, uh, and one has Unicorn's Revenge on it, which shows a unicorn kicking like the devil in the face, and the other one's called Lava Jump, which is kind of like a Mario kind of th- kind of thing, which I thought they were really cool. They're unique, and the twenty four ninety nine you get both pillows. I thought that was kind of fun. It's called, um, also, it's called Unicorn's Revenge, and it's kicking the devil in the face? Yeah. What's the you backstory? See, what did the devil do to the unicorn? I, I don't think it tells you. I think it's just what it's on there. Man, the devil would just be talking shit. Just talking shit. Got to get put in his place every now and then. It's pretty funny looking. I, I was like, laughing. When I, yeah, it just sounds like there's a backstory we don't know about. Like, you know, the devil did something to the unicorn, and, like, this is the revenge. And let's commemorate that on a pillow. <laughs> yeah. 
Think Geek also has a, uh, a huge Doctor Who section um, with a lot of TARDIS items. I mean, if you've got a Doctor Who fan out there and you can't find him anything on this on this site, uh, I don't think you're looking hard enough. I no mean, shit, dude. If you, somebody out there wants to buy me a uh, TARDIS uh, mini fridge cooler for my uh, soda, feel free. And if you want to buy me the TARDIS garbage waste basket with the glowing light, feel free. Please. I mean, I will have, not turn it a down. TARDIS, a TARDIS teapot, a TARDIS, uh, like you said, the mini fridge. Um, the one thing that I saw that was really kind of bizarre but really cool was uh, a TARDIS tent, like a pop-up tent. Um, I know they have them for kids where you go to like the toy section. It's like a $20 tent. But this is, I think, about five feet tall. It's it's really well constructed. I think it's on sale right now for about a hundred dollars, and you can actually flip it open, and it's basically like the inside console of the uh, of the TARDIS. So it's kind of cool, and it's kind of you know, it's it bigger. Could be good it's for bigger kids. on the inside. Yeah, yeah. You go inside, and it's like you know, it's just like uh, a whole new room in your house. It's like an addition. <laughs> it's just like the show. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I thought that was really cool, you know, for uh, for the uh, unique thing for Doctor Who fans. And they have a, they have like a, they have Dalek stuff too, which was really cool. So they have like a, they, didn't they have like a Dalek keychain, and they have like an inflatable Dalek that you can buy. And yeah, you can, yeah, I'm actually looking at it right now. Yeah, you can buy the sonic screwdriver with the, the with the uh, matching sounds from the TV show. It's very cool. They have tons of Doctor Who stuff. You can buy like a lot of the stuff sold out. You can buy the Doctor Who scarves, you can buy some of the actual jackets. They have the uh Jack Harkness uh coat that he wears, you know, uh John Barringer what he wears. John Barrowman, I'm sorry, excuse me. John uh Barrowman what he, you know, his uh his uh jacket that he wears. Um yeah, tons of Doctor Who stuff. It's it's amazing. I've actually looked at a lot of the stuff on Think Geek for Doctor Who because that's I've become obsessed with this show lately. There's nothing wrong with that. They they even have um, like we were talking about the uh, they have a, the gold Dalek Mister Potato Head. I mean that's just that's just fun. <laughs> I mean, it's just you know it's something like I said, with, with, with gift giving, I mean, you want to give somebody something unique, something that you might not buy for yourself. I'm not going to go out and buy a, a Mr. Potato Head like this, but if somebody was going to buy it for me, I'd love to display it. I mean, a TARDIS teapot. I mean, that's just, some of this stuff's crazy, but it's a lot of fun. Right. Um, yeah. And another thing that I, that I really love from Think Geek, and again, you know, guys, you know, I would just check it out. I mean, this, this, play, this is where I bought my, my wife's uh, Han and Carbonite ice tray, which I think they still have on. It's on clearance right now for six ninety nine. Oh, it, wow. it can't go wrong for for just a, a little bit of fun. But they have, uh, you know, I live in uh, in northern Illinois here, and it's it's cold as hell. And they have a uh, a severed wampa arm ice scraper, which I really wanted for Christmas, and I put it on my wish list. So I'm hoping somebody got it for me. You know, while you're trying to scrape the damn ice off your windshield, I just think that's fun. Have you, you seen know, the Wampa rug? I've seen the Wampa rug, yeah, and uh, yeah, <laughs> I can't remember how much that cost. That was that was quite a bit. I think it. I'm trying to look for it now, but I, I think that was a couple hundred dollars when I last saw it. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I mean they have such there's a lot of cool stuff here. I mean they have giant pillow vehicles. I mean it's it's a lot of fun. Uh, this is a great site to go to if you guys have any questions. Again. 
uh, let us know. Um, I'm going to go now to a, a different kind of thing here. I'm going to talk about some things you could you could find in stores, um, especially if you're if you're looking for you know and this is for guys if you're looking to get anything for your wives, girlfriends, daughters, or anybody. Kohl's, which we I just found out, uh, my wife and I uh, has a huge section of of comic and like '80s cartoon T-shirts and 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 sweatshirts and things like that. And they're not expensive at all. You can get a, you know, a Marvel, a Batman, Superman, Ninja Turtles, My Little Pony. They have regular T-shirts. They have like the baseball style T-shirts, sweatshirts, and you're talking about a price range between eight and twenty dollars. So I just, you know, thought that that'd be a good thing to hit up if you're looking for that extra little thing of stocking stuff or something that you know, if, if she likes to, you know, wear, you know, stuff like that, or if you're just to kick around the house. I, I thought that was a lot of fun. Uh, I bought I bought some stuff for some family members. I'm not going to say it on on here who because if they if they do listen to the show, even though none of them do, because again, just like Steve said, um, you know, my family listens to me enough, so I'm sure they don't want to listen to me babble on for three hours here. So, but uh, I thought Col- so. Coles is uh, a good place for that if you're looking for women's apparel. Um, I found also at Target. Um, men's dress socks. They had Superman, Batman, um, a Marvel set, and Star Wars set, which I thought were great. Uh, I got a, a couple pairs last year from from my kids, and uh, I wear them to work. You know, I, I have to be kind of business attire for work, but my socks are superheroes, so you know nobody sees those. So I just think it's again something fun. Um, if you have um, a, a collector. I'd say a Star Wars collector. Um, right now they've got, and I know you guys have talked about it early on in, in the show, uh, I'd say a few months ago, but the Star Wars uh, by Hasbro, the six-inch line. The Black Series. Uh, the Black Series, yeah. The Black Series six-inch line, though, because they have the three-and-three-quarter-inch Black Series, and then they have a six-inch line, which comes, like, in a box, and it's kind of cool because the box kind of, you can leave it in the box display or you can take it out. Um, they, they came out with Series 2, which is kind of, not not too hard to find, but they've got some cool characters. They've got uh, Han Solo in Series 2. They've got Slave Leia, uh, Greedo, and uh, Boba Fett. And those all the all those figures are really nice, uh, except for uh, the one I don't, I'm not a big fan of is the Slave Leia. Uh, but you can find those at any of your local big box retailers. Um, they have you know, them at Toys R Us here. In yeah, area. Toys R Us has them. Um, if you go to Amazon, though, Amazon.com has a lot of these figures uh, a lot cheaper than you can find at, at those places, especially if you find some kind of lightning deals. Right now, uh, the Series 1 figures, the Darth Maul, the the the, uh, the Luke and the um, X-Wing uh, gear, uh, those guys are going for 10 bucks. That's half of what you're going to pay for at Toys R Us. Uh, same with the R2. So, I mean, these are... These are good for any collector. I, I love them. I don't have them all. Um, nobody can find the Boba Fett. If you guys find a Boba Fett out there, you better pick it up because he's going online for fifty, sixty bucks. Really? Uh, yeah. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna go to my Toys R Us here because like they usually have pretty much everything. Yeah, Boba is the uh, you know it's, they 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 ship him four to a case, mm-hmm. so it's not like he's short packed or anything. He's just the the, the, the one most that popular one. Yeah. Yeah, they had the uh, the San Diego Comic Con one that it was the same figure that came with the Han and Carbonite, 
And that one, if you try to look for it online, I think he's he's close to two hundred dollars. Yeah. Wow. Uh, so I mean, that's good for any collector, and you know, that's that's one thing I know if you're looking for like an action figure. Uh, a few other Star Wars things I have here. Um, I don't know if you guys have, have seen these books, uh, Darth Vader and Son and oh, Vader yeah. and yeah. by Jeff Brown. I thought these were great. They're really funny. I have, you know, I have a son and two daughters. I actually got these for Father's Day, but I, I love them. Um, they're really fun. The, the, uh, basically like Vader, how he would raise Luke when Luke was a kid. There's, there's a funny little thing on the back I'll read here with, uh, Luke as an infant in his room. He says, Luke, pick up your to- pick up your toys right this instant. Then another bubble, Luke, I am your father. And then, do you want a timeout? You know, just, just really funny. And then on the, on the little princess one is Vader pointing at Leia, and she's in her slave Leia outfit. Basically, he's like, you're not going out dressed like that. And I just, you know, they're, they're cute, they're fun. If you've got little kids or for yourself to read to your kids or... Or even just if you're, you know, a collector and you just love Star Wars, I think it's it's a great, great, uh, great little book series. I think he's, I think the author, uh, the author Jeffrey Brown's coming out with a with another series of books. I, I don't remember what they're called at this moment, but uh, you know, I, I, they're, they're just fun. So I, I like that. Yeah, um, uh, I think there's also they're making those into calendars as well. Oh, really? I, I think they are. Uh, I know. I know that the. Darth Vader and Son came out first, and then he just did the Princess. That's the newest one, but uh, yeah, I think they are making them into calendars as well. And if you got another Star Wars toy fan in your in your house, uh, this book came out last year, uh, but it was the Star Wars: The Ultimate Action Figure Collection by Steve Sansweet. If you guys don't know who Steve Sansweet is, he basically has the largest collection of Star Wars anything. Um, I think in the world, uh, he owns a, what he what he calls um, on the West Coast uh, Rancho Obi Wan. His house is basically basically a shrine of Star Wars. I mean, this is just insane. Uh, but he's got this ultimate cole- uh, action figure collection book, which shows you basically like every figure that has come out through I think through last year before the Black Series. Um, and it's really cool for any collector who's been collecting this for a long time and. And you don't know what to get them because they basically have so many figures and they collect everything. It's kind of a cool reference, kind of a cool thing. They go through some backstory. They have pictures of everything, and it's just uh, just a lot of fun. Very cool. So I got that, and then um, just another site, you know, just like Think Geek that uh, that I'm a fan of. I'm not going to go into too much uh, detail on them, but SuperheroStuff.com is another great site to hit. Um, one thing that I that I saw there is I, I really I really like the the Funko Pop vinyl figures. I think they're really cool. Those guys are like ten bucks each, but they have a, uh, a Funko Pop vinyl um, speaker that connects to you know your iPad, your iPhone, and everything. And it's cool; it's the same size as the the figure, but you can plug in your phone and you know you can listen to to this show or any you know music you've got on there or anything. And it's it's just something cool to add to your collection, something different uh, that I that I really liked that I thought was uh, uh, really cool. That's awesome. And one last thing, uh, just because I started getting them and I thought they were really awesome, were uh, cookie jars. Um, I know you guys probably are already thinking that I'm nuts, but they uh, Westland uh, Westland Giftware 
has these cookie jars. You can find them on Amazon, and they have Batman, Superman. They just released Wonder Woman. They have the Hulk, Thor, Wolverine, Spider-Man, Captain America, a lot of the main people. And they're really cool. They're they're 50 bucks or under 50 bucks. And they're just really awesome. I, I own right now the uh, the Hulk one and the Captain America one. And hopefully I'll get another one for Christmas. But I thought they were really cool. Uh, the Batman one, I think, is also very new. And that one looks that one looks really cool. They're kind of busts for the most part. I think the only one that's not is the Hulk. And that's, uh, that's kind of what I have. Yeah, um, I remember seeing, like, uh, do you watch Big Bang Theory, either one of you? Batman Jordan that one, but it's, it's this this one that they have in Westland is different looking than that one. But yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, um, yeah, that just kind of reminded me of that. So that's kind of all I have in this segment. Just uh, you know, just going over a few things that I thought were really cool. Um, you can, you know, there's there's lots of things out there. You know, one other thing I want to do, you know, a lot of these things you could probably find at your local comic shops. And I, I think you know, if you're looking for something for that person, I would always. Always say go there first because you could probably find these things, not have to pay for shipping. You might pay a dollar or two more than what they're going on, but without shipping and, and you're supporting your local shops, it's a really cool thing. Um, so that, that would be you know a, a big thing to try out. I know a lot of places don't have local shops like that, and that's why you know I'm, I'm talking about these websites. But you know if you've got one in your neighborhood, I'd, I'd say check it out. Hey Steve, you still there? I'm here. Uh, I wanted to bring up one thing real quick before we end this. Um, I don't know. Do you guys have a Journeys in your area? It's got it's a uh, shoe store. Yeah, I got one right next to the house in the mall. <clears throat> yeah, we've got one in our mall too. Journeys right now they sell um, X Men and Marvel uh, Vans, the sneakers, uh, and they also have a DC line too, like a Justice League va- uh, Van sneaker. A you know they've got. Uh, Batman, Joker, Riddler, a Bane, Killer Croc. Then they've got you know Wolverine vans, uh, X Men vans, Spider Man. So and they're actually really cool and they have original artwork from some of the comic books. So that's something to check out. They are a little pricey, um, anywhere from you know uh, I don't know. Yeah, I mean they range anywhere from like forty to seventy bucks. That's the problem with all this stuff getting so popular now is that yeah. you can't just get this stuff for cheap anymore. It's all expensive now. Yeah, and I mean, if I owned them, they'd be a collector's item. It wouldn't be something that I would wear around town. But they are very pretty to look at. Very, very nice. But uh, that's I'm a on the site right now, and they, they look really cool. They have also wallets, and that's 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 kind of cool too. Um, but yeah, I'm looking at these. Yeah, you're right. There, there's some on clearance here. There's a Wolverine for thirty, but they're about all of them are about sixty bucks. For uh, for any one of those vans, so that's that's really cool. Yeah, I like them. But uh, hey, I wanted to wish all of our uh, listeners a uh, happy and merry Christmas. I know we're a few, you know, we're a few days out, but uh, you know, just if you're going to be on the road and everything, just you know, just be safe. And uh, you know, uh, we all we want everybody to be safe and, and have a good time with family. So definitely. All right, I think uh, we're gonna wrap this episode up and we will see you next week on pop culture leftovers uh a little thank you for that segment i thought that was a lot of fun and i hope our listeners got some great gift ideas um but i think we're gonna wrap this one up if you guys are cool with that yeah i think that we all we all touched a lot of cool stuff with this with this gift segment you know check out that movie pass and a little you brought a lot of good stuff so 
Yeah, absolutely. And just like all good leftovers say on their doggy bag, thank you for your patronage, and thanks for listening. See you next week. Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations. I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a T-shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap. Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless, but I didn't say that. And as always, check out our website, www.popcultureleftovers.com. We've got great articles there. Comic reviews, movie reviews, television reviews. It's awesome. Check it out. And if you're interested in writing for the site, uh, we definitely need more writers. So send an email to domesticateddave at gmail.com. And if David Griffin likes what he reads, he'll get in contact with you. And you can be part of the team. Remember, this is a non-paying gig, but it's a really cool way to have your voice heard. And we'd love to read your submissions. So get in contact with David. And thank you. And check us out on Tumblr, too, motherfuckers. <laughs> and don't forget, we're on Instagram, too. <laughs> yeah, that just happened. There's already like 7 million podcasts Talking about pop culture and all that Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat But it's all been done before and we don't want to be a copycat it's a trap. Gonna toss it, gonna taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's race it. Can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carryover, counterculture, pushovers. Pop culture. Leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say has already been said. Leftovers. sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. That original and good have already been done before, so we should separate the wheat from the shaft. And we're the shaft, the crap, even though we're the shit. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps, dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good and toss it, good and taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture carryover. Counterculture pushover. Pop culture leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say has already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture carryover. Counterculture pushover. Pop culture leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say has already been said. Leftovers. Sure the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers.